This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. It is Thursday, October 21st. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. U.S. regulators on Wednesday signed off on extending COVID-19 boosters to Americans who got the Moderna or Johnson & Johnson vaccine and said anyone eligible for an extra dose can get a different brand from the one they received initially. The Food and Drug Administration's decision mark a big uh, step towards expanding the U.S. booster campaign, which began with extra doses of the Pfizer vaccine vaccine last month. But before more people roll up their sleeves, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will consult an expert panel Thursday before finalizing official recommendations for who should get boosters and when. The latest moves would expand by tens of millions of the number of Americans eligible for boosters and formally allow mixing and matching of shots, making it simpler to get another dose, especially for people who had a side effect from one brand but still want the proven protection of vaccination. Let me smart to consult high school booster uh, yeah, <laughs> like Since the moms. They're, yeah, they're very, they're very familiar with boosting. Specifically, the FDA authorized a third Moderna shot for seniors and others at high risk from COVID nineteen because of their health problems, jobs, or living conditions. Six months after the last shot, one big change: Moderna's booster will be half the dose that's used for the first two shots, based on the company's data showing that was plenty to rev up immunity again. Mm-hmm. For J and J's single shot vaccine, the FDA said all U.S. recipients, no matter their age, could could get a second dose at least two months following their initial vaccination. The FDA ruling uh, rulings differ because the vaccines are made differently with different dosing schedules, and the J&J vaccine has consistently shown a lower level of effectiveness than either of the two-shot Moderna or Pfizer vaccines. Yeah, I got the Moderna. I could absolutely taste Nutella in it. You could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't taste Bonus. anything. I uh, I actually, I, I get the Pfizer vaccine. I got boosted on Monday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just I was talking to Dr. Mike. I was av- uh, uh, eligible. Who is this? Um, <laughs> no, I was eligible, and I was like, I, I, yeah, I want to yeah. get, get boosted now. Like, I, my mom lives with me, you know. I also, I just don't want to have to deal with the hassle of getting COVID and giving it to everyone. You know what I mean? Like, there's just. I think that's the whole uh, plan, right? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. yeah. Why you get it. You don't want to have COVID. Well, no, uh, the hassle of it. Wait, did you yeah. read the manual on that? Is that how you know that? <laughs> you have the manual now? No. <laughs> Police have recovered... Wait a second. You won't... Oh, now I get it. <laughs> Police have recovered apparent human re- remains that have not been identified in the search for Brian Laundrie, the FBI said Wednesday. Authorities also found items belonging to Laundrie, like a backpack and notebook, officials said. FBI special agent in charge, Michael McPherson, said the area where the items were found had previously been underwater. McPherson said a team would be on site for several days processing the scene. The medical examiner's office in nearby Sarasota was called to the preserve earlier and local police asked a cadaver dog team to assist in the search. According to a state release, statement released by the Laundry family attorney, Chris and Roberta Laundry went to the environmental park yesterday morning to search for Brian. The FBI and MPPD were informed of Brian's parents' intentions and they met Chris and Roberta there. After a brief search off a trail that Brian frequented, uh, some articles belonging to Brian were found. It sounds like a pretty like they're uh-huh. zeroing in and Steve that him being underwater might be you know exactly a hard time exactly and finding then, if it turns out to be him with that person though comes the well that's exactly how you'd want it to look if you were you know trying oh, to make geez. yeah so the the, the, the what wait they, what now you know if they they still have to check the bones and so on and so forth and check the you know what they believe to be the, the you know but conspiracy theorists jump in already and say well that's the way you'd want it to look if you wanted to like skip skip leave the country or I still think there's there's no way. 
say that he is still alive and there's been no sightings. Like, is nothing there? at all. I mean, Tightly he's unlikely. got to eat. He's got to, like... Does he? There, there would be something, you know? Uh, as of now, law enforcement is conducting a more thorough investigation of that area. The statement read, 22-year-old Gabby Petito went missing on a cross-country trip with Laundry, and authorities confirmed that she was strangled to death after her body was discovered in Wyoming last month. Laundry is a person of interest in her killing. Interesting. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention linked fresh whole onions to a growing and mysterious salmonella outbreak. In a food safety alert Wednesday, the CDC said 652 people have been infected with the outbreak uh, in 37 states as of October 18th. The number of cases is expected to grow as more illnesses are reported. The outbreak was first reported in mid-September, but the CDC and Food and Drug Administration and local health officials had not identified the food linked to the illness. According to the CDC, the affected red, white, and yellow onions were imported from Mexico and distributed by ProSource Incorporated, which is based in Haley, Idaho. The onions were sold to restaurants and at grocery stores throughout the country. ProSource indicated onions were last imported on August 27th, but these imported onions can last up to three months in storage and may still be in homes and businesses, the CDC said in its update. Throw away any whole red, white, or yellow onions you have at home that do not have a sticker or packaging, the CDC said, noting some may have packaging indicating ProSource as the brand and that they were grown in Mexico. If you can't tell where the onions are from, don't eat them and don't buy them. In sports this morning. In their season opener, the Sixers beat the Pelicans last night in New Orleans. Joel Embiid had Joel Embiid had 22 points and 12 rebounds. Furkan Korkmaz hit eight, four three-pointers in the fourth quarter to score 22 points, and the Sixers pulled away with a 117-97 win. The Sixers, with or without Ben Simmons, have their home opener tomorrow night as they host the Brooklyn Nets. The, the Flyers won and scored six goals again, beating the Boston Bruins 6-3 last night in South Philly. Cam Atkinson scored twice. Travis Konechny added to the Flyers' lead in the third, and Sean Couturier finished out the scoring with an empty netter on the power play. Martin Jones saved 37 out of 40 shots to earn his first win with the team. The Flyers are off until Saturday night when they'll host the Florida Panthers. In the baseball playoffs, the Houston Astros beat the Boston Red Sox 9-1. Uh, winning Game 5 last night at Fenway to take a 3-2 series lead. Game 6 is tomorrow night back in Houston. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves beat the Dodgers in Los Angeles, winning 9-2. The Braves are up three games to one and can advance to the World Series when the two teams face off for Game 5 tonight. And in soccer action, the Union lost Minnesota United FC last night in St. Paul. Tyler Miller made four saves to lead the United United to a 3-2 victory, ending the Union's six-game unbeaten streak. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. And Thursday, indeed, uh, we are wrapping up the uh, MMR Money Clip tomorrow. So uh, we now have officially, I guess we have uh, 14 chances for yes, you to win. right. So we don't want you to miss out. We start with two of them ourselves this morning at uh, both 8 and 10 a.m. So just hang in there. It's coming up. Uh, we have a few guests on the program today. Some really good ones, too. Uh, we have... Alton Brown, uh, he is uh, from Food Network, a uh, longtime uh, host of a great show called Good Eats. Yes, and very he's, good. He's doing a live show called Beyond the Eats at the Kimmel Center, huh. uh, the cultural campus, uh, Miriam Theater. 
Is that the, the name of that whole thing? That's very big. The no, Kimmel it's Center the whole umbrella, of... Kimmel Cultural Campus Miriam Theater. So it's the, Mir- it's the Miriam it's Theater. Theater. All right, thank you. On uh, Saturday, and uh, he's got two shows coming up. So uh, Alton's awesome. So we'll talk to him around nine o'clock. Uh, we also have Dennis Frickin' Quaid oh. on the show this morning. Dennis Quaid will be joining us. He is performing at the Sellersville Theater on Halloween. Uh, yeah, he's got a man. He's a musician. That's well. right, yes. And so he will be performing. And you know, he's actually a good singer. When was the last time we talked to him? We talked to him for, um, it was It was the... Uh, was it the Dog's Life movie? Or was it, the was second it a one? captain on a on a boat? Uh, well, whenever we we'll talked to him, we talked to him about several things. Yeah, we talked to him, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. So much great stuff in his, uh, in his repertoire. Yeah. But uh, yeah, musician is one of them, so I'm sure we'll talk movies too. But we'll nice. talk to Dennis Quaid around uh, 9.20. Uh, and then another thing that's happening as we speak going on through the 30th is the Philadelphia Film Festival. And we will talk to the CEO and executive director of the Philadelphia Film Office. That is Mr. Andrew Greenblatt. And find out what all you can go see and check out while it's going on here in Philadelphia. A ton of cool stuff. And you get yeah. a good peek at what's going to be uh, perhaps uh, winning Oscars later on. Yeah. So uh, we, have a, we have a full boat today, gang. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. And a stack of entertainment reports to roll by you as well as uh, stuff to give away. We'll be back. Back in a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Easy, stupid question this morning for a pair of tickets for Pop Rock's ABBA, Mamma Mia, and more on Wednesday, November 17th at the Kimmel Center. And the question is, is this, in 1984, Wendy's introduced what famous slogan? Oh, yeah. 215263 WMMR, right? 1984, Wendy's introduced what famous slogan? Call now if you know that answer. And a bunch of birthdays to mention. Oh, my God. Thursday, October 21st, is Kim Kardashian's birthday. Uh, Not a big milestone when she turned the big 4-0 last year, so she's now in her 40s. She is 41 years old today. Just hosted uh, SNL, and most people, uh, including me, thought she did a pretty decent job. All right. Yeah. I didn't see it, but yeah, what I read was, uh, yeah, she was all right. Self-deprecating. That's one thing, regardless of where you come down with this family, they have never shied away from making fun of themselves, mm-hmm. so that gives them a couple of bonus points. 41 today. Uh, Joyce Randolph, who played Trixie Norton on The Honeymooners, is 97. Holy hell. 97 years old. She's the last uh, living cast mm-hmm. member. That's why you always want to be the supporting player on a uh, <laughs> sitcom. You live longer. You live longer. I yeah. didn't know that. some golf. Okay, Ralphie boy, remember what I told you. What is Address this? the ball. All right. I don't know. It just says Honeymooners. I thought it was there the uh, go, Honeymooner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
thought it was a theme song. I thought it was a theme. What the freak I, is it? I kind of want to know what that is. Now, I yeah. do. I, it sounds like a bad parody of the honeymoon. Okay, Ralphie boy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, to the moon, Alice. I'm going to murder you. Uh, so Joyce ran off his 97 today. Judge Judy ah. is 79 today. Judy Shineland still working, wants to keep on doing it, man. Her new show is premiering. They're, yeah. they're working on it. The interesting thing is, though... The bailiff she had on her Judge Judy show yeah. for decades is not a part of it. Yeah, and everyone's kind of going, "What?" Yeah, there there hasn't been a clear cut answer yeah. as to why he's not going to be a part of it. So that's too bad for him because uh, that thing is a cash cow, man. She makes loads of money. Uh, the great Stu- Steve Lukather, oh, uh, guitarist of Toto, turns uh, sixty four years old today. Great session musician. Yeah, and one of his one of his really famous sessions, which uh, a lot of people don't know because Eddie Van Halen plays the solo on it, but. Um, on Beat It from uh, Michael Jackson. That's, oh, that's him. him. The main theme. Eddie huh. just plays the solo on that song. But it was Lukather that huh. uh, played. Yeah, he's he's an outstanding guitarist. He's a guitarist, guitar, guitarist. Because, you know, he can shred and rip and do all that stuff. But he plays what's appropriate for the music. I love it. And that's what a good session person does. And he can play anything. I got to see him live. He played with uh, Ringo's All-Star Band. and he Oh, was, that must have been awesome. It was fantastic. And he sang uh, the Toto songs that they did that night, which was really cool. So this is him on guitar. But uh, he's fantastic. He's celebrating his uh, 64th birthday today. Ken Watanabe, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, The Last Samurai, Inception, great actor. He's great, yeah. Uh, he turns 62 years old today. Uh, you also have another musician turning a year older, and that is Manfred Mann. Oh, my God. Yeah, Manfred Mann. <laughs> That's right. He is 81 years old today. I will say, listen, the Bruce version is very nice, Yep, but I... Really love this version, and I love in particular the extended version of this song, which they seldom play. Uh, they also did a great song. Uh, was it uh, Rumors in the Night? Yeah, uh, yeah. And what was the other Bruce cover they did? Um, oh, man, it wasn't. It's not just this song, but they also did. Nah, I can't remember it. The ah, hell? Can you yeah. look that up for yeah. me? Yeah. Which, by the way, they got they got started. If you go back to the the sixties, to the there she was just, just a walking down the street, singing do I did it. That was that was man for man, spirit in the night. Oh, uh, spirit in the night, yeah, yeah, spirit in the night, and for you. Yes. I came for you. Some really good. You know what? I got to write those down. Because, write them down. Put them um, on your iPod. <laughs> Manfred, man, I gotta I gotta make sure I make a list. All right, so there we go. Uh, Man for Man is 81 today. Uh, Steve, the Colonel Cropper. Oh. Guitarist for Booker T and the MGs. This Another right great here. one. Yeah, and the Blues Brothers yeah. Band, uh, which is where I got to know him because uh, I was such a huge fan in the 1970s when that Blues Brothers album came out. Uh, he is 80 years old today, and he's considered absolutely one of the greats. So happy birthday to Steve Cropper. Uh, also, uh, musician Elvin Bishop. I love Elvin Bishop. Uh, this is a great song. Another, he's a guitarist as well, yes? Yes, exactly. And in fact, the singer on this song is uh, Mickey Thomas from Starship. Yeah. Uh, so Great, great rock, great voice. The guy who sang Sarah and all those hits from Starship and uh, is the guy who... Vocalize this tune. Elvin Bishop is a 79. Let's hear a little bit of uh, the vocals when they kick in. But yeah, Elvin's a, a great song. A guitar. This is an awesome tune. Oh, 
great song. So this is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, yes. Is That's this the one right. where he puts the headphones on Gamora for the first yes. time? Yeah, and they start to he starts moving in on her a little bit. It's a yeah. perfect yeah. use of the song. Yep, it's perfect. Uh, so seventy nine years old, today. and his uh, his solo on this is good. Elvin Bishop. Uh, you also have uh, actor Jeremy Miller who played Ben on Growing Pains. He was the little brother, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, little brother's 45 today, He's by so the way. Uh, that kid was, well, that kid. As a kid, I thought he was a very likable actor. So. It's funny, though, because when you're the cute kid on the show, and then all of a sudden you grow up, and they're like, well, we need another cute kid. So right. they brought you're in a little here. girl. Right. And then she wasn't doing it, so we're like, okay, let's bring in Leonardo DiCaprio. And then and he went and did Titanic, right? Yep. Yep. So he is uh, 45 today, Jeremy Miller. On the last birthday is actor Everett McGill. Oh. Uh, Dune is coming up tomorrow. It's going to be out. And he was in uh, the first film, and he played Stilgar, who was uh, the head of the Fremen. And uh, so I always dug him. Uh, he's also in uh, Heartbreak Ridge. He's the uh, kind of foil in that. And Quest for Fire, is he not? Quest for Fire, yeah. Twin Peaks. Uh, he was also in... Heartbreak Ridge and uh, oh, my fellow Americans. He's the bad guy. He plays a really good. Bad he does. Guy. You know, he's the bad guy in the movie Silver Bullet, based on the Stephen King story. He's the preacher who is the werewolf. Really, yes. Silver Bullet? Yeah, that's a Stephen King. That's a Stephen King story. Yeah, check that out. I gotta write that down because I'm not uh-huh. familiar with that one. Hang on. This is Preston's notes. Note to self. <laughs> Anytime you hear a pause, that's me writing something down. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. And it is, uh, what was the famous slogan, 1984, that Wendy's uh, came up with? And we will go to Fred for the answer. Hey, Fred. Yeah, good morning, Gadzooks. Uh, good, mo- good morning, Gadzooks. <laughs> Yo. Uh, Fred, what is the slogan we speak of, sir? Uh, where's the beef? You got it, brother. It. Hang on, Fred. He was in a political campaign. You remember that? No. Wait, where's the beef? Yeah. Oh, that was in a yeah. political campaign? Yeah, they were used, yeah. Oh. Okay. The phrase that they co-opted. Uh, so we are going to set you up with a pair of tickets for Pops, Rocks, ABBA, Mama Mia, and more. That's on Wednesday, November 17th at the Kimmel Center. And you can hear the Pops signature sound on the hits of one of the greatest selling bands of all time, ABBA. And you can get tickets at phillypops.org slash WMMR. And Marissa will be introducing the show that night. So nice. So you look for her. Uh, we're going to start with this story. Actress uh, Ruby Rose has lashed out at Batwoman showrunner Caroline Dries, or Dries, I'm not sure how you say her last name, also executive producers Greg Berlanti and Sarah Schechter, and former WBTV chairman Peter Roth in her Instagram stories on Wednesday morning. Uh, she wrote, I will come for you, so what happened to me never happens to another person again, and so I can finally take back my life and the truth. According to the former Batwoman star, uh, they did not quit the show, but were forced out for calling out bad behavior and the dangerous environment that they say left a production assistant paralyzed and what? two stunt doubles hospitalized. Oh my so god! I remember those stories, and I uh, um, and so she these the people that you mentioned, by the way, Belanti and all these these people are involved with all of these shows with the Flash with the. Uh, Arrow, um, all of that stuff. They, they're the ones, the overseers of all those CW superhero shows. Uh, so this is wild. When she left the show, you remember, Preston, we were saying, this is like one season. She's walking yeah. away. Yep. She just got it. Uh, she claims she suffered a cut in the face so close to her eye that she could have been blinded and claims that Roth forced them to return to work 10 days after having spinal surgery. 
or else the, quote, whole cast and crew would be fired. What? Uh, they even said that the WBTV chairman hired a private investigator to follow him, uh, presumably to disprove the severity of the injury. Mm. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers TV issued a statement saying, despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online amid at uh, aimed at producers, uh, the cast and crew, the network, and the studio. The truth is that Warner Brothers Television had uh, decided not to exercise its option to engage Ruby for season two of Batwoman based on multiple complaints about workplace behavior that were extensively reviewed and handled privately out of respect for all concerns. So they were saying she was a troubled person. Uh, it's, well, listen, so there are other people on the other casts who have always spoken very well of those producers. So it's a... He, uh, he, she said, they said. Yeah, exactly. So we will see if anything comes of that or not. But uh, Ruby Rose just put it all out there. Uh, three months after revealing that her youngest daughter is transgender, Jamie Lee Curtis opened up uh, to People Magazine about uh, her 25-year-old daughter Ruby's transition. Uh, the 62-year-old star told the outlet, I'm speaking a new language. It's learning new terminology and words. I am new at it. I am not someone who is pretending to know much about it. And I'm going to blow it. I'm going to make mistakes. And I would like to try to avoid making big mistakes. Uh, she added, I'm here to support Ruby. Uh, that is my job, just as it is to care and love and support her older sister, Annie, in, their, in her journeys. Uh, I'm a grateful student. I'm learning so much from Ruby. The conversation is ongoing, but I want to know, how can I do this better? And Ruby told her mother during the interview, you've done the most that you can, and that is all that I want. Now make me a meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> yeah, come on, Ma. Ma! Ma! Uh, Courtney Kardashian posted new photos from her beachside engagement to Travis Barker. Oh, I can't wait to see them. Including some close-ups Ooh. of her million-dollar ring. Oh, man. Thank God there was somebody there to capture it. Yeah. yeah. That, that moment could have just come and gone. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know. If there wasn't a paid staff of photographers. Yeah. The reality star captioned the Instagram slideshow of the photos with, I woke up all night thinking it was a dream. Uh, her fiance. <laughs> what, Casey? Is. Her Mom, fiance. Sorry, I was thinking something else. Her fiance replied in the comments with, "Forever with you is a dream come true." <laughs> oh my God, I love you. Uh, I woke up last night and uh, I was in piss. <laughs> Our sister Chloe also oh, look at these shots. Wrote a message of support. I love you. Right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I love you more. Uh uh. My friend texted yeah. my friend texted yeah. me the other day, and she just said, "Can we talk about this?" Yeah. Like she's like, "I just don't get it." Yeah. Well, I would say this too: when you've had, so she Scott Disick was her one and only before this, her marriage before this. Was she married any to anyone else? Does anyone know? I think well, Scott I Disick was it, right? So. Yeah. Well, I don't know if were her and Scott ever married. That's a good question. I just yeah, always I assume they, they were. were on the sh- Weren't they? I, they were I don't the know. No, they, they weren't were married on the show. Married. They were married before that. At least I thought they were. Perhaps they weren't. So Chloe also no, never married. They were never married. married. That was her partner uh, for several yeah. years, for like a decade. Interesting. Yeah. Right. And uh, now she's her partner, and now engaged is Travis Barker. Love you. Uh, Chloe wrote on the beat. A, wrote a message of support that said, "I'm so happy for you, my beautiful sweet sister. You deserve every kiss, every ounce of love, every happy thought." You deserve every single second of this. I love you, and I love you, I love you. 
Do you think they talk to each other like Not that? at all. Are you kidding and me? And I would be surprised if someone else wrote this. Yeah. So, all right, anyway, uh, so that's happening. We'll keep an eye on that. Hey, look good for them. If they're happy, that's fine. Yeah. But knock it off. Netflix employee staged a walkout yesterday in protest of the company's handling of Dave Chappelle's commentary about trans LGBTQ plus communities in his latest special, The Closer. Deadline reports that over 100 employees and allies were involved in the rally, organized by filmmaker Ashley Marie Preston. Uh, Preston was among the speakers at the event, along with Transparent creator Joey Soloway and RuPaul's Drag Race star Eureka O'Hara. The organizers read out a list of asks that will be presented to Netflix CEO uh, Ted Sarandos, including an investment in trans and non-binary content and elimination of Chappelle's imagery inside the workplace, a disclaimer before the closer, and increased promotion uh, for disclosure and other trans-affirming titles on the platform. It's, it, it, you know, it's interesting what's going on over there. And, and I see, you know, listen, I'm on social media, so I see a lot of arguments on all sides. I saw the special, but, you know, some people are saying, well, how do they feel about all the Ted Bundy, you know, documentaries and, well, you know, and cuties and, you know, like all these other like questionable programming on there that I'll tell you what, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the specials making a ton of money for Netflix. Yeah. So they're going to try to walk this line and hopefully wait till it goes away. Try to do something to patch it up. But they're not they're not taking it off the system. The special is huge. Right. Uh, additionally, Elliot Page and Lily Wachowski uh, took to social media to offer support for the walkout and retweet a PSA that has been uh, put together as well. All right, so the Orange County Coroner's Office has made public Tony Katane's cause of death. Uh, the actress and model died in May. She was 59 years old, and she died from heart disease with opioid use as a contributing factor. Oh, that mm. blows. So they, they call that manner of death natural, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, so, I don't doubt it. Yeah, Katane was uh, married to baseball player Chuck Finley from 1997 to 2002. She struggled for many years with alcohol and substance abuse that she partly uh, detailed during a 2008 season of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. She also had a criminal record that included a 2002 charge of domestic violence against Finley, a 2006 charge for cocaine possession, and driving under the influence in 2009. Um, her father had died shortly before this, and some family members are thinking maybe that it contributed to, to her depression. To her maybe using, you know, she didn't know D or anything like right. that, but but she, it may have just pushed her down even more, and she already had a substance issue. She so. was like the, 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 the it girl. Oh, I she mean, was she was just fresh-faced stunning and stunning and everything, and... and uh, the descent is just horrible to watch. Yeah, she not only you know got involved in in drugs and all that, but she also started to to do uh, a lot of uh, facial surgery stuff, yeah. on her yeah. face, and it just it, it just it, she didn't look good. Um, she died in her Newport Beach home, so uh, a sad ending to her life. All right, The Bachelorette is back in full swing for fall as the reality series <laughs> returned to ABC for its 18th season. Anybody else watch the beginning of it? I did. Uh, okay, so did you see her in the schoolroom? No, I only saw like a, a sliver of it. I saw like five minutes of the whole thing, and I missed that part. It, she's a teacher, yeah, okay. and it opened up with her in the classroom uh, chatting with the kids, which in and of itself is kind of fine. But then they started interviewing the kids about why she would be a good bachelorette. And uh, to is me, that kind of creepy? Yeah, yeah I was totally kids. creeped out by the elementary school case. What do you think about? Uh, I bet teacher? she gives really good hands. Oh my god! What, dude? Wait! I bet she's a monster in the sack. Well, Steve, <laughs> it's a meat market show. I'm not. They were she talking about a fine about, turd cutter on her neck. They were talking about her kissing like 30 boys. Oh, um, because that's that's what happens on right. these shows. Oh, it, it was. I was god. totally creeped out by 
All of these kids. No, that's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. By it's, the way, obviously, it's fine that she's a teacher, but like, don't interview the kids about the show. <laughs> By the way, only vaguely familiar yeah. with this show. You know, I, I, I catch just little snippets of it here and there. Uh, the the beginning, the the opening, the season premiere. Oh my god, Kathy, it's like your prom. Okay. Yes. Oh, where they arrive. Yes. The, the thing is to arrive in a in an okay. outrageous manner, and so a guy, one guy, is on a bed on rollers that they push out as he comes, you know, into the uh, uh, to meet her. Another guy, Steve. Do you know the um, uh, the thing they'll do where? Uh, there's a, there's a table with a hole in the middle, and somebody yes. puts their head up through it. And right. They put fruit around it, and, right? And uh, and it looks like they're part of the display. A guy spent the entire time in one of those. So here's the deal. There was, a, uh, there was another guy that came on a fire truck. Sure, sure. And the, they, uh, the last one that I watched part of this, I guess it was the 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 Bachelor. The girls, the women were coming up at the same. They thing. were doing that. Okay. Right, that, that, that was, so this is clearly the thing. Instead of just getting out of the car and going over and saying hello, yeah. it's this big presentation at the beginning. But um, you know the producers have said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Oh, of course. You're going to put your head through this table and you're going to Yeah, come yeah, yeah. The they'll, they'll kick around ideas, I would imagine, with each other. And they'll, they'll come up with, they'll collaborate on something. One thing so. I did hear, though, is that there was a guy who instantly creeped her out and she got rid of him. I don't, because there's usually not a rose ceremony at... In the first episode, is there? Uh, I don't know how this goddamn thing works. This happened on on this season? I believe in the first episode, there was a guy who really creeped her out. Mm, Okay. Um, If that happened, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But what I do know is that uh, it opened to a .7 demo rating and 2.84 million viewers. Uh, and it topped Monday's ratings, but it marked a premiere low for the series. I, well, uh, the opener was down. Maybe from, when they had to, they talked to the kids, that's what drove people away. It was down from season seventeen, which was a point nine or three point five nine million, which previously marked the series' all time premiere lows, uh, and also down from the season seventeen finale in August. Uh, Taisha Adams and Caitlin Bristow returned to host uh, the host seat after Chris Harrison had stepped down from the duties. Uh, while The Bachelorette Season 18 topped Monday's demo rating, The Voice snagged the night's most viewers. Uh, so it, it didn't do, you know, what they hoped it would do. Has this, has this because they do it so much, has it finally started to lose a bit of its steam? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, it's probably still enough there to... Uh, to, to juice it? To make it worthwhile, but yeah. I mean, I mean come on. It's this, <laughs> I mean, it is literally the same damn thing. The same damn thing every time. Uh, with sh- very few... Successful relationships. Michelle Young is uh, is the name of the uh, the Bachelorette, by the way. So it's more of like a like they're just going to date for a little while. Yeah, you know where it used to be that I want you forever. Yeah, forever. I came here to find a soulmate. Right. They're That's just, why I put my head through the table. Yep. It's like a a, a over the top dating app. <laughs> It's horrible. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Wouldn't it be wild if she ends up dating one of her students? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um. Oh wow. What. Someone has changed their hair. Oh! Uh, thank you to uh, Word on the Street from uh, Marissa Magnata. She got me the story. Selena Gomez switched up her hair ahead of Hulu's Only Murders in the Building season finale. Uh, the actress announced on a uh, in a TikTok video that she will be hosting a live stream on the video sharing platform to answer questions and chat with fans during Tuesday's final episode. In the video, Gomez surprised her followers by debuting a sleek, blunt bob. A sleek, blunt bob. Yes. Bob! After rocking long, loose waves. Long, loose waves. For the past few months. Um, 
I, the, that episode has already gone up, right? Yeah, it goes up Tuesday. The finale was up on Tuesday night. It's, right. Uh, I wait till Friday to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I like watching two episodes in a, in a row, so oh. I watched the ninth and the 10th. Um, so she already did the live stream. I'm she sorry. Did the live stream. Uh, I'm late on this. But it was, uh, it's my favorite Bob. show of 2021. Bob! I, Bob! I, I all due respect to Ted Lasso. This is, I think, the best show of 2021. It's so, oh, it's wow. so. I know, I yeah. understand. I, listen, yeah. I have an opinion that might be different than yours. Yes. Wow. It's, I think it's just Jesus. so well done. The the three Jesus leads are Christ. all right. No, I know you're right. I watched the first. It is, it is a great show. I, no, I watched first three episodes <laughs> and I liked it. I know it didn't grab me like Lasso did. So yeah. and Lasso's a Lasso. He would grab you. Hey! <laughs> See what I like did there? Like a rope, a Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was good. It's a good show. All right. Good show. Uh, according to the trailer for uh, her HBO Max cooking show, well, by the way, earlier this year, she Ooh. made headlines when she debuted a platinum blonde hue on her Instagram account for her cosmetic line, Rare Beauty. Oh, my God. I like that. Uh, but according <laughs> according to the uh, trailer for her uh, HBO Max cooking show, Selena plus chef or Selena and chef. I don't know. It's a little plus sign. Uh, the bleached look is going to be back on full display in season three. Uh, which will be premiering on October 28th for the Selena and Chef. She said, I'm back and I'm blonde um, uh, in the promo. Okay, so is she dating Chris Evans? That was the the rumor, right? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think that's been verified, but right. I, that'd be nice. Well, we can always go on half facts. Uh, I like the new hairdo. It, uh, it's very flattering. She looks great. She's yeah. actually very good in the show. The show is good, Nick, and and I and I love it. It's definitely one of the the top shows of the uh, of the year. I would say that it's great, Steve. And uh, but uh, there there's going to be a season two. The way that they end season one for uh, only okay. Only oh, you murders. watched it. You watched the finale. Yeah, only murders in the building. Right. They're going to come back for a season two, and it's uh, it's set up really well. Excellent. All right. Um, uh, this is cool. Jack Nicholson made a rare public appearance on Tuesday night. Uh, he was spotted at the, of course, uh, Lakers season opener. Of course, he always does that. Against the Golden What's State that? Warriors at the Staples mm-hmm. Center. And it was the first time uh, that the Oscar winner was photographed out in public uh, since the Lakers-Knicks game in January of 2020. You have looking- to ask me nicely. <laughs> he's looking properly jackish. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, he's... He, 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 I've, he's kind of been old for a while in my mind, so um, this looks right. How cool would it be to hang out? With that <clears> oh my now? God! His I mean, stories, like the ultimate. You know, who's he sitting next to? Anybody famous? It has um, to be right. I thought it was Larry David for a second, but it's not. The guy that to his left in this photo looks like Henry Winkler a little bit, but his nose is too big. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hard to tell. Henry, Henry Wonkler. <laughs> uh, let's see. Gwyneth Paltrow's 15 year old son thinks it's great that his mom sells vibrators on Goop. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, the actress told Daily Pop on Wednesday, uh, my son actually said to me the other day, he's like a really sensitive, amazing kid. And he said, you know, first I was really embarrassed that you sold vibrators on Goop, but now I see that it's actually great because you're giving permission to people who think it's embarrassing for it to not be embarrassing. I don't think that conversation ever happened. I don't think so either. I think she just made it up. <laughs> You know what he said to me? He said, the, he said, Mom, you're empowering women with your dildos. <laughs> uh, we're looking, is that a picture of one of them, Nick? Yeah, it's on her site. Okay, I, I got to hand it to her. That's different looking. That's a very stylish looking vibrator. Does it have a holster? Uh, no, but it's it's blue. It's it, Well, go over there and take a look on the monitor I, that, that Nick yeah. has. It's actually... You, you could it, quite literally hand it to her. It looks like it's got a handle on the bottom there. That's, uh, it looks like a bizarre oar. Uh, a bizarre oar? Yeah. Well, it's on a boat, right? It now. is. Yeah. It, it, there's that's where I made the nautical connection. Theme to it, but um, <laughs> that's actually it looks like a like a, a, a like a napkin because there's a ring in the middle so, of it. it. Looks like a napkin holder. Do you think the play on on uh, pictures here is that it, it, there's a man on the boat? 
Uh, and quite, quite possibly. Or semen, but, you know, but oh. another sexual thing. Semen. Yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Right. Okay, who knows? I, I wouldn't, if, if I got that, I would not immediately assume it was a dildo. Um, I don't know what. It would Like a phone? Yeah. A headset? Yeah. Yellow. Mm. There's a company on Instagram that hashtags wine. So I follow the hashtag wine and right. like Winestagram or something like that. And I don't know what the company is, but that's what they hashtag. So you, and they, they'll put up two photos, right? So you have to scroll through. So the first one is like something catching. And I'm like, oh, what is this? And then you scroll to the next one and you're like, oh, and it's, it's, it's like very this? similar to this, but it's pink. Oh, oh okay. Wow. okay. Like a, all right. Interesting. It's got a whole bunch of, like, uh, connector cords and stuff, Preston, and a lanyard if you want to wear it around your neck. That's nice. It's a multi-purpose. Yeah. Uh, The stars of Marvel's Eternals pulled out of Elle's 2021 Women in Hollywood event on Tuesday night due to a potential exposure to someone who had tested positive for COVID-19. Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, uh, Gemma Chan, and Lauren uh, Ridloff were set to be honored uh, that evening. Uh, Disney spokesperson explained to The Hollywood Reporter earlier today... Uh, we were made aware of a possible exposure to COVID-19, and while all of our talent have tested negative, out of an abundance of caution, we are pivoting to <laughs> virtual appearances <laughs> rather than in-person oh events. So, uh, <laughs> when is that movie coming Soon. out? Yeah, right? November? November? Yeah. yeah. November 5th. And okay. again, wow. Preston, hey. another really great advance on this movie. I love it. Hey, that's uh, the Friday of Camp Out. So I we know. can end Camp Out and then go see uh, the Eternals. Oh, I'm, no, I'm going to just sleep in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. I'd have to do that. I don't know if they're going to show it in the parking yeah. lot. No, I don't even need to see it. I just keep my eyes shut and lay down behind a car. And kind of the bummer thing here is that uh, usually we get a screening of that, and it's the week that it opens. And we'll be at the Camp Out for Hunger. Well, we'll be doing good. We'll be, yeah. we'll be like the Eternals ourselves. Yeah. Right? Uh, Steve, here's an update on The Continental. Deadline reports that Stars has cast Colin Waddell as Winston Scott. Interesting. In the John Wick prequel series. Uh, we mentioned the other day that uh, Mel Gibson uh, will play a character, and that character is named Cormac, I believe. Cormac. So, yeah. Cormac. <laughs> Cormac. Oh, Okay. Then we have no response. He's happy. That, yeah. so. He's happy. He likes it. Yep. He likes the name Cormac. Now uh, go get back in your box. So <laughs> he's angry. That's him going back into the box. All right, I'll go in the box. <laughs> uh, and uh, also joining the ensemble are uh, Michelle Prada, Ben Rob. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he doesn't like her. Uh, well, much. how does he know? Uh, ben Robson, uh, Hubert Point du Jour. Oh, that's uh, the Hubert of the day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he gets that his whole Hubert life. Yes, yeah, point yeah. du jour. Yeah. Uh, oh, that sounds good. Jessica Elaine. <laughs> I'll have that. <laughs> Jessica Elaine and uh, Hyung Kate. Okay. All right. Well, so. I'm very excited. Yeah. All right. One last story, and it is that uh, Uma Thurman has been cast and as Ariana Huffington <laughs> in the Showtime series Super Pumped, which uh, charts the rise of Uber. Uh, it is planned as an anthology. The first season of Super Pumped is based on Mike Isaac's book of the same name, pivoting on Uber CEO and co-founder Travis uh, Kalanick, uh, who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Interesting. And his sometimes tumultuous tumultuous, tumultuous relationship <laughs> with his mentor... Tamale. Bill Gurley, who is played by Kyle Chandler. Uh, the series will depict the roller coaster ride of the upstart transportation company embodying the highs and lows of Silicon Valley. And so she's playing Ariana Huffington? Yeah. 
Uh, the series will focus on a different major business world story each season. So that season will be Uber, and then she'll they'll, they'll examine her empire, and then they'll, well, no, she she was uh, she was uh, she worked at Uber. She, she was, did, yeah, she I was didn't know uh, that. an Uber board member. I just you're not a driver, right? <laughs> so yeah, she was. A yeah, driver. where are you going? <laughs> so no, she started uh, as as a member of that that group. So yes. they're, they're just going to cover Uber. This could be very fascinating. I mean, the way Silicon Valley, the show, which obviously it was yeah. a comedy. Uh, started to explore how that world works, and it's pretty fascinating stuff. I love the uh, the. I think it's the History Channel has a series of the the the, the people who built America, basically the the, the big entrepreneurs and yeah. uh, you know innovators. So yeah, I, I'm always down for something like this. Uh, so along with Thurman, Gordon Levitt, and Chandler, the cast of the series also includes Elizabeth Shue, uh, Carrie Bechet, John Bass, uh, Bridget Gao Hallett, and. Uh, Babak Tafti. I don't know a single one of those. People. I don't either, other than Elizabeth Shue. One of them sounds like a skin rash. She's the only one that I know out of that. All right, I think we're ready for... Hey, can I jump in here quickly, yeah, 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 There's something, and I heard this story. It's anecdotal. It's from my wife's um, uh, trainer. Uh, you know, uh, she just relayed the story yesterday. She said she was in the city, and I don't know if we can verify this. It might be part, you know, since you're the entertainment maven, maybe you can. Okay. Uh, so she was walking along. And a kind of a homeless-looking guy comes up to her, and she's wearing her shirt that says "Strong as the new skinny" because she's a, a trainer. And uh, the guy's looking at the. Sh- she finally realizes the guy is reading the shirt, not looking at her chest. Right. And so he starts talking with her, and and so he starts walking along with her, and she's like, "Okay, I guess I'm talking to this guy now." And they walking through the the park, and um, she starts to notice a whole bunch of uh, cameras around and stuff like that. And then she sort of pairs off, and he pairs off, but they had a nice little conversation. And uh, a guy comes up to her and says, did you know that that was Nick Nolte? What? Wow. Yeah, yeah. This homeless-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Right. Uh, okay. So I, 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 they're obviously, I, I assume, well, you're something. Marissa. Yeah. I'm sorry. She's remember, got it right here. Guys, remember yesterday when I said Gary Busey is in town? Yes. Yeah. I, I meant Nick Nolte. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> but look at this photo. So Philly, uh, Philly Chit Chat, Huey Dillon posted this photo, and it's definitely Nick Nolte, but yeah. I was thinking Gary Busey. <laughs> They're kind of like one in the same. I could see well, that. Gary Busey, Nick Nolte. Okay. It's got Let's a, call the whole thing off. Yeah, exactly. It's got a little ring to the name. Well, they're yeah. both kind of like haggard looking. And yeah, yeah, definitely. They're both, they're both kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I get a good tamale? No, he, he is a... <laughs> He uh, apparently was a lovely uh, uh, person to her. So. I'd like to talk to Nick Yes. Nolte. It'd be He's great good. if we, we could How know. cool was he in The Mandalorian, his character? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? I watched the first few episodes, and I'm done. I'm, I'm kind of done with Star okay. Wars. Sorry, man. man. Uh, but he was great in that? He was really... His character was... He was the voice of a character who was this little gruff oh, okay. guy. Oh! That was him. Yeah, in yeah. the first couple episodes. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was great. You will come with me. Right, you know, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. He spoke a very broken... Yeah, right, broken. Right, right. Uh, all right. Um, well, that's cool that he's in town. Good morning. Hopefully, Nick, you're listening this morning. Come on in and see us. Yeah. All right. I don't wake up before noon. Let's do the uh, clips now. Uh, the girl in the woods revolves around a teenage girl who escapes from her cult-like colony ah. and uses help from her friends to battle the monsters of the woods. And in this clip, star Stephanie Scott shares her favorite part about playing her character. She starts to pick up on the humor of her friends and stuff. She grows up in a really serious colony where everything is basically life or death at all times and extremely high stakes. So when she gets into the real world and meets Tasha and Nolan, you kind of see her pick up on their humor and really admire their friendship and this connection that they have. And so it was really fun to do that. Shut the f*** up! 
First episode of The Girl in the Woods will be streaming on Peacock tonight. Don't call those woods as monsters. Here's the next clip. The cast of HBO Max's comedy drama series Insecure is wrapping up their fifth and final season. And in this clip star Yvonne Orji, or O-R-J-I, Yvonne Orji, uh, reminisces <laughs> on uh, filming the emotional last episode. Here we go. I mean, I cried the whole final episode. So I, I told Issa after the table read, I was like, yo, you, you sent us out very well. And I appreciate the heck out of you. I, she wrote an amazing finale and Prentice did an amazing job directing it. I, there, I don't think there was anything else we could have left on the table. <laughs> no! And- <laughs> Insecure is now streaming on HBO Max if you would like to see that. And that is the report for today, Thursday, October 21st. We have a lot happening on the program today. Alton Brown will be joining us. He's going to be at the Merriam Theater on Saturday for a live show. He's from uh, Food Network. Awesome uh, guy. Uh, speaking of awesome, Dennis Quaid. The Dennis Quaid. Will be joining us, and he is going to be in town at the Sellersville Theater for a show October 31st. He's got a band. He's performing. That's got to be cool. Yeah. And uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, Philadelphia Film Festival, which is taking place now through October 30th. So we'll talk to Andrew Greenblatt from the Philadelphia Film Office. So a lot to get to on top of all that. The money clips taking place. And we have today and tomorrow, and then we're done for this round of it. So make sure you don't miss that. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Hey gang, it's time for the Preston and Steve Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance. Now this year, it's quite a bit earlier than usual. It all starts Monday, November 1st at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. And while there will be some standing room only spots in the Bimbo Bakery's USA broadcast tent, we are again emphasizing cash donations both at WMMR.com and at the register at your local Acme Market. Non-perishable food items can still be donated at our drive through drop-off, fueled by Pepsi. Camp Out is not possible without the generosity of you and our partners. Comcast Spectacor and the Philadelphia Flyers, White Horse RV Center, Keen Compressed Gas, Wisfis Bank, Xfinity from Comcast, and Mayfair Fence. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Steve, you want to do a shout out? Yes, a very nice gentleman named uh, Rich Jordan, who's a, f- a fan of the show and had some very complimentary things to say about uh, the show and and uh, about my my stupidity. Uh, sent me the Max uh, the Matchbox version of the Batman Batmobile. <laughs> so a little little car and took the time nice. to do that and, and actually put it in a package and sent it to me. So so thank uh, thank you to Rich for uh, supporting the show and listening. We appreciate it. I'm giving him a shout out whether he wants one or not. <laughs> That's you for go. you, Rich. Yeah. Nice. All right, you know what we got to do? Well, we got to clean out the junk drawer because uh, we're getting close to the weekend, and I know uh, tomorrow's kind of a busy day, so I don't think I'm going to have time to clean out that junk drawer. Uh, so I'm going to get, I thought of Kathy immediately when I saw this story this morning, Kathy. Yeah. Um, the title of the article is Nobody Wants Your Stuff. Nobody Wants Your Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me. It's, it's very short, uh, right. but, but it says, You may love the idea. Of handing your most treasured possessions on to your children, but you know what? Nobody wants other people's stuff anymore. <gasps> At least according to Forbes magazine. Well, that was like your giant armoire, right? I know. I know. Oh, is it? Was it pretty? about that? I, I don't know. No, I mean, no. I just, I, I don't want it. Uh, you still have it. No, I haven't gotten it yet. That's for when oh, my dad have... passes on. <laughs> oh, it's coming to you. He, he, he Do you wants, want to drop a subtle hint? He wants me to have it. Yeah. When you send it to me, dad, can you send it to me with an axe? Right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so how big bag. is it? It's, it's huge. huge. Remember, he said it's it's huge. huge. I don't know. And I have a, a large. I have a fair, a, a, a big enough house uh, to where we can accommodate things. We can't accommodate this. No it's kidding. too damn big. And it's big. also, it's not going to be your style, correct? It's not anywhere near, near the type yeah, of style right, that we have right. in my home. Wouldn't it look great in the basement? He wants it to, uh, to us to hand it down in the family. Now, the way things are going in my family dynamic, I don't think there's any way I'm going to have grandkids. I think we're pretty much done. I think right. my family it ends is here. done after my three kids, uh, if there's any indication. Yeah, but you know what? Like, listen, I don't, I don't think Forbes knows what the hell they're talking about. Everybody wants your stuff. People want your stuff. It's it's just as simple as that. And no, no, they, but he's talking about handing down in the family, yes. keeping it in the lineage. Okay. No. Yeah, I'd, so so giving you, well, and, and it says clutter-free living is uh-huh. ideal these days. Well, that, that's exactly what it is. It's like the china that my mom gave me. And and listen, I I asked her for it because she never yeah. used it. I didn't register for it. So I said, you know what? I'll take it. She packed it all up. It has, she put, you know, newspaper around right, it, put right. it in boxes, packed it all nice for me so I could move it to my house. It still has the newspaper wrapped around it. It's still in the nice boxes in my basement. Yeah. I've never once used it. Well, that's and the, now it's just taking up space. It's clutter. That's the thing you do. You assess and you. So, for example, I, I have the 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 bureau that my um, mother in law and father in law had for decades. I mean, it goes back like when they got married. I don't know how many years ago. Uh, that is the the uh, the bureau in my room right is now. It, right, is, is it fine furniture? Like, is it's it... not. But okay. it, it, it's 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 well made. <laughs> okay, but... I would, uh, so it it has the it has the dents and it's you know properly you know aged and and it, because it's an authentic aging process. My room just happens to have dark colors and you know the the original floorboards from 1880 and all that stuff. So it does work, and it was important to my wife. Okay, to to, to bring that over. So I I do. I have an interesting method of like my socks and things don't quite fit right, but uh, uh, but I, I do it because it was important to her. So for some people, right, carrying that on is yeah. an important thing. Mm. Uh, it says uh, in Forbes, uh, technology has eradicated many of the things we used to collect, save, and treasure. Printed books, photo albums, records, and letters have all gone out of fashion, and antiques have given way to IKEA. Yeah, and that's the thing. Back like with what your dad has, like that is probably very well made. Things aren't made like that anymore, so you're not passing down as much. But I would, I would actually like to see a picture of it. Because do you have one? And I feel like we've done this before, and you've said no. But I feel like, what if we refinished it and like made it nice to fit your house? No, Uh, you'd have to. (laughs) Well, you'd have to see it. I I don't know how that would be done, but. But it's huge. It's heavy. It's got to weigh a metric ton. I mean, it's just giant. That's this bureau. This bureau in my room weighs more than the earth. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me ask you, Kath, uh, because everything is digital these days, but I'm sure your mom has a ton of pictures from oh, your Oh, God, my mother is the worst. Casey, I'm sorry to cut you off because I just was with her last night. You my... don't want the pictures, huh? Well, no, listen, of course I would want the pictures. She just doesn't have any. Oh, we... no. Wait, I was with my parents last night. Uh, my brother is turning 40, and we're having a party for him, and uh, they're doing, you know, picture collages and all yeah. of that. And my <laughs> sister-in-law said, she goes, there's really no pictures of him from, like, 10 to 18. Where are all, where are <laughs> that, all of that? That unimportant eight-year span. And I said, I said, my mom, uh, she tried, and she put in a, a, a 
decent enough effort. I give her that, but she had a bin for everybody. Yeah. And, and one was my pictures, Jimmy's, and then Christopher's. They got mixed up. I have Jimmy's bin. I was like, hey, I got the pictures from 10 to 18. If you want me to pull them out, I can drop them off to your house. Oh, that's great. But my mom was not good with, um, I was a first child, so uh, we have some video and stuff like that. After me, it was like, I don't even, <laughs> we don't even know where it happened. Well, Kath, you can join my family because my mom saved everything. If you want my artwork from second grade, got it. Really? My About Me fourth grade book, got it. You yeah, can have see, it all. Like, I would love stuff like see? that. But so here's one thing that I did that changed um, the, this progression in my family. So when I was moving, when I got my own place, I asked my mom for the stuff then. So instead of me going out and buying stuff, buying stuff that I like, and then when somebody else passes on Mm. and then inheriting it, I said, let me enjoy it now. Let me bring it into my aesthetic at the moment. And so I built my house around these pieces that she gave me instead of inheriting them and forcing them okay. into the vibe. So one of, my, chair. one of my kids, when they when they move out, I'll say, here, here's an armoire for your <laughs> for your, your, your uh, apartment <laughs> that'll take up the oh. entire living room. No, Preston, you present it this way. This is your apartment. Yeah, this yeah, is your apartment. Yeah. Congratulations. Is it big enough that we can turn it into a Murphy bed? It, oh my God! Yeah, I don't know. It's I not see, quite that big, but well, uh, that's well, a good idea. You can do creative stuff like that, yeah. and you can, you can also, if you have a fire pit, you can uh, use it as kindling, <laughs> right? right? So, Hold Kath, on. I'm sorry, oh, Bruce, no, no, one more thing. Oh uh, no, I was just going to say, Kath. My wife was telling me last night about. So there is this free site. It's not free cycle. I can't remember what the goddamn name of it was, but she said last night. Um, she told me last night that there was a woman in Newtown Square who was. I guess she's moving to Florida. She was giving everything away hmm. on this website, and people not were for going, sale, just giving it away. Giving it, and Steve, I, it wasn't like crappy. It was like a curved Samsung television. I mean, it was like you know, oh, pe- it's kind of smart though, man, because people will take it, and yeah. she gets rid of all the stuff. She doesn't have to worry about moving any of that crap. Mm. You know, the, well, the, the great sense, the great feeling that you've. I can't yeah. use it, but it could mean something to totally. someone else. Yeah, but I sometimes people, Preston, to you, the original point of the story, I think as well, is that sometimes people in their own heart, are placing too much emphasis on something that other people just don't give a rat's ass about. Yeah, you might want to ask the question before yeah. you give it to them. Is, would you like this? Right. You um, know, and, and yes. if you don't... Then I would, we'll, in the garbage. <laughs> we'll find someone else to have it, you know? But that's what Casey's talking about is different. That's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there could be some good stuff. You can get great hand-me-downs. You know, somebody didn't use something, you know, for that long, yeah. and, and, you know, it's now yours or whatever, but like an heirloom that's being handed down that's Extremely heavy and large, and like you have to accept it. That's yeah. different. Old furniture. Old, people don't remember the way old furniture was built. On freaking yeah. real. Yeah, the I mean, heaviest stuff on earth. I actually watched an old piece of furniture fold in on itself and become a black hole. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's that stuff is in my house right now because it's my so mom dense. lives with me, and so when she moved in. All this stuff that was there when I was a child is still there, and it is still in great condition. And so, Kat, some people are a little bit more nostalgic than maybe you are, and and, and I am. So when my mom was downsizing and getting rid of all this stuff, like, we, you know, me and my siblings, we all went to the house and was like, well, okay, no, I want this, I want that. You guys, though, you yeah. guys have... Yeah, but you chose, you know? Like, if it if it worked for you, that, I that's think what that's what sure. works. You yeah. know what happened also? Exactly what it, to your, so there's a number of different points here that are good points. So when before my um, mother-in-law passed away, she had actually sort of, um, okay, this will go to this this uh, child and this will go to this child. And, and so my, my wife and all her siblings 
had things in in the house, and and they could all sort of go over and communally say, "Oh, I don't need this." Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. see, that's right. different. That yeah. that works because right. then you're you're taking what you actually want. Right. But emotionally, if someone's on their deathbed, so take my seventy five ton armor. Okay. <laughs> Last night, my mom uh, tried to pawn off a couch onto me that, she, that they're getting rid of. And and it was, listen, it was a nice offer. She's like, we're going to get rid of it. Do you want it? 200 bucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, 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 Steve, it was my mom. It was not my dad. Oh, my dad yeah, yeah. would have charged me and then charged for the moving fee, too. Right. Uh, and I was like, Shaka. mom. <laughs> right? I was like, mom, the couch that I'm trying to get rid of is still sitting in the garage, so I don't need your couch right, on top of it. Right. But, you know, like. I appreciated the offer. It just, I, I'm not going to take their stuff. I remember when uh, when my grandfather passed away, uh, and, I, and I was a kid at the time, but I remember being there and all the relatives were at the house, and they started, like, you know, picking through the stuff that they were going to take. That was an interesting experience. Was there fighting? No. Well, I've seen a little that. Bit, yeah, I'd like to have that. And, well, yeah, but I kind of like to have I that, I claimed too. it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. So with that bureau, there was a mirror, too, Preston, which is... Again, the, the Hubble has a smaller mirror, and right. this it's it's gigantic. But again, those were two things that were important. If you if you can have this conversation, if you're if it means something to you and you want to pass it along, have the conversation first before you consign someone to having to deal with it. I'm going to go to Andy. Hi, Andy. Good morning. Hey guys. Hey, what's up, Andy? Hey, you heard me? You. Oh, I love oh. you, Andy. <laughs> you kidding me? Isn't that nice? <laughs> you guys. So um, let's take this I to the next level. <laughs> my mom's got a, uh, a, a china cabinet that's got a curved door, <sighs> like like the door's in an S shape. Okay. And I know one day I'm going to inherit it because <laughs> my brother doesn't care about anything like that. Okay. And I'm so afraid that this damn door is going to break or I'm going to break it or it, <laughs> like I it, it can't be replaced. It's one of a kind. And I don't know what I'm going to do. If I break it, moving it, and then my mom's going to be devastated. And is there any it, chance you guys would would sell it, Andy? Like, if it's worth something, could could you do that in advance and just save the hassle? I I would I would think about selling it, but no one wants I, it. I, <laughs> right? Exactly. Someone somewhere, but then again, Andy, you have to go through. That now becomes a job. I've got to sell right. this to someone who's going to yeah. want this, and now you're now you've just picked up a a second job. <laughs> and it, it's annoying as hell. Good luck, Andy. You Thanks. know what you could do? What if the if that piece of furniture is at your parents' house? Burn down your parents' house. <laughs> oh, By the way, right. the, the whole idea of the china cabinet. You know, uh-huh. I, I had a friend. My my friend growing up and his family had their china cabinet. It was a very important thing. And I'm like, the whole idea behind. Ooh, have you seen our plates? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. They're I, fancy. We never eat on these. We never, we never, we never eat. Like them. We eat on red paper plates. Yeah, there's uh, so much yeah. dust. <laughs> it would come out, and it, was, it sucked. And it was a chance to bring them out every year to, to crack them and break a few glasses, and then return them smaller. <laughs> right. And then, and so when it goes back in, there's an empty space now that is filled with Grandma's Hummel right. figures. Mm-hmm. And but by the way, Preston, that that speaks to the fact as well that uh, dining rooms in in practice are disappearing from homes mm, like yeah. in other words right. the, the kitchen becomes your dining room yeah and so there's not a separate formal room formal it just doesn't room happen is, is well, disappearing yeah. and and dining if if the dining room does still exist there are homes that are being built without dining rooms right. right but if the dining room does still exist the whole setup of it is much different now those china cabinets are pretty much gone people are not displaying their china it's all right. tucked away oh my it, god same thing goes back to the whole like clutter and you know people don't want it out in their houses yes you're yeah. right we'll go to charles next Hey, Charles, good morning. 
Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, Charles? Uh, yeah, I'm going through it now. My dad just passed a week ago. Oh, and, I got stuff, and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, now, is it is it stuff that you are expected to hold on to? Like it was, it, it yes. was okay. All right, and um, you just you don't have enough room for it. Or is it just stuff you don't like? He had a one floor rancher house. One floor rancher. I tell you what you can do, Charles. You can oh, get on social media if you're on Facebook or something, and and just post, "Damn, I forgot to lock this house." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that way it gets that taken. Right. And you didn't, you didn't. That, no, huh? you were just, I, yeah. Now you're doing a estate sale here, man. I mean, I, I I've never <laughs> done luck, an Charles. estate sale. I've been, I've uh, gotten stuff from an estate sale, but. I don't know how that works. Like, do you have to put a price tag? Do you have to go into the house and pr- put a price tag on everything? Or I think yeah, there has to be some sale? sort. Of, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 there has yeah. to be an assessing of the value of the items. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it depends on who's running it. Like, there right. sometimes there's companies that'll run it, oh, or they do that for you. Okay. Sometimes they will. Um, I do not have to worry about any of this because I get my uh, let's get rid of everything and declutter from my mom. My mother threw away. Everything, which is why I don't have artwork. I don't, you know, like from when I was a kid, I don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, I, I remember as a kid being like, whatever happened to my, and like naming it. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she said she would run out and like buy me the same toy that I had that she had given away because she felt bad because I had asked about it. So she would have to go and buy me a second Jeez. one. Jeez. You get a lot of stuff from your mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go to uh, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Hi, guys. Rattlers. Rattlers. <laughs> What's happening, Lisa? <laughs> Rattlers. <laughs> um, my dad just moved in with us. Uh, he's uh, 76 and from Virginia. He has 17 bookcases and 2,000 books. Jeez. Which we all had, well, my husband and I had to pack and bring up with us amongst everything mm. else that he had with him. So right now, these bookcases are all in the basement, and they will likely stay with us, you know, yeah. obviously when he passes. So 17 <laughs> bookcases? And you had enough room in the house? And they're all in the basement. All the books and the bookcases are just stuffed in the basement right now. Do- he's upstairs in our spare bedroom right now. Do any of the books have value? Um, they might do. Um, he's a Civil War buff, and he's, he's uh, you know, they might. he's got some first editions, so they might be worth something. Mr. T. Point. Autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, there there are collectors of books, and uh, the books are, obviously, they're great, but they yeah. just take up room, and moving them is a giant pain in the ass because they weigh a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could probably, if if he was okay with it, you could probably sell some of them. Not right now. Yeah. yeah. Who's, <laughs> right. who's the jerk-off who invented books? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lisa. Good luck with everything. Thank you. All right, see ya. Yeah. Uh, let me go over here next to uh, Mario. Mario, good morning. Oh, our Friday ending song. What's up, man? Oh yeah. So my dad unfortunately passed a few years back, and uh, before he died, we got him a Marlin thirty thirty, which is a lever action rifle. Yeah, I've got and, a Winchester thirty thirty. Yeah, right. It was something he said he always wanted in his life, so we got him the gun, and I built him a little uh, display stand out of wood for it, and uh, he had it up in the house. Uh, after he passed, my mom was like, oh, Mario, you got to come get this gun. I, I, don't, I, I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. So my sister doesn't want it, and I am not going to get rid of it because that's like the one thing my dad only like ever said that he ever wanted. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, give me that thing. I'm not, I'm not letting it go. I, I got it up uh, on a shelf in my house 
But I am not a hunter, and I am not hunting. I don't have deer on the wall. I, you know what I mean? I got a clean, like, simple, modest house, and then, boom, you walk in, there's a rifle right in the face. <laughs> yeah, you've you been, you been stuck with that now. Yeah, yeah no, it was kind of like, uh, you know, his last joke. Ha-ha, got you now. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I uh, here, Mario? Here's what I've, I've done. I, I have a, an old lever action uh, Winchester thirty thirty that my dad gave me that he had had, and he used to you know hunt with it, right. deer yeah. hunt when he was a kid. And I, I'm not going to use it. It's it's really really right. old. But I did buy a small rack that I'm gonna. I have like a, a bar area, and I'm gonna hang it up as just a as a display conversation piece, piece. to kind of go along. with Right. It. So I don't know yeah. if that's worth doing or not. Well, I, I don't have Presbo house money. No, <laughs> sorry, brother. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Mario. Thank you for your call. Why don't you put this in the conservatory? <laughs> <laughs> Running out of wall space. <laughs> no, I hear you. All right. Well, good luck with it, Mario. Hey, love you guys. Thank love you, brother. Ya. Love, love you. By the way, I didn't know until recently that you can inherit guns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That. What if you don't have I mean, a gun permit? I mean, listen, for you can just own a can you just own a rifle without yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. handguns. Now to uh yeah, handguns are a different story. Those uh those you have to pass a um uh a clearance right, on, and right, all that right, right. stuff. But yeah, you can you can buy and, and sell shotguns and rifles and stuff mm-hmm. from what I, just, I understand. I mean I'm listen, I may be speaking out of my ass, but yeah, my dad can just give me uh, his his hunting guns should absolutely. be. I, I recently purchased a shotgun, and they I, they did the background check, and then they I did a pistol, and they did the background check. Now I think if it's fa- in, within the family, mm-hmm. uh, like this case, it's an heirloom, and I can give this to you. I I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think that requires any yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, let's see what else. Let me go to. Uh, I have a Janice. We may just be talking about this, right? Yeah, now. A I lot think of people uh, are calling it. Yeah, when you clean out a junk drawer, sometimes there's like a giant ball of like twine yeah, yeah. Yeah. that <laughs> just takes up all Spit your time. That's, That's what, what this is. Hi, Janice. You're on the air. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's happening? Um, so my mother-in-law, we, uh, my husband and I moved in together eight years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she sent us with his bedroom furniture, about two or three pieces. And ever since, she's still trying to give us more of his old bedroom furniture. So our bedroom furniture doesn't match at all. Um, my stuff and his stuff completely different. And now she's trying to give our 14-month-old his old bed. I'm like, well, we don't, we don't need that yet. He's 14 months old. And every time we see her, are you going to take the bed? Do you want to take the bed? you want to take his old bed? All right. So let me ask you, Does is she giving it, with you, uh, giving it to you with the intent of it being sentimental value or is she just saying here here's this is to help you guys out no i think it's sentimental uh, see that's that's the conundrum there janice yeah because it's like oh this means something and you don't want to yeah you know you you want to play nice but thank you that's why people have to think about like your debt would you ever have to talk with your dad and say listen no i don't want this 44 (laughs) no 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 i'll take it yeah i'll take it i just uh, i seriously don't think i'm gonna have anybody to hand it down (laughs) to (laughs) Uh, to stay in the family, but, you know. You know what you should do? When you we'll drive it away from the house, Preston, you need to, be like, just immediately put it up on uh, Craigslist locally in that area. Curbs, curb. Oh, my God. Curb alert. <laughs> and your dad, your dad sees it. He's driving back from the store. What the? No, I want a picture of it. I, I think I can come up with something for you. Okay. All right. Uh, let me go to, I have, uh, Kenny. Hey, Kenny, good morning. Yes, homies. What? I'm going to take you off speaker. Gad Zooks, homies. Oh, there we go. Thank you. I heard Gad homies. I didn't know what that was. Gad homies. Gad homies, my friends. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Yo, I just wanted to comment real quick. Um, 
there's two things you can inherit that no one is going to argue about. All there's right. two things are cash and property. Yeah. yeah. So, listen, if you're listening out there, you're planning on dying soon, just send money. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. That's a good point. Uh, uh, or unless it's something that, like, I could see jewelry or something that's a little bit more portable. Yes. As opposed to a, a, to a nine-mile piece of uh, furniture. And, well, and jewelry is smaller. You can right. store that. Right. And, you know, yeah. even if it's not something you'll wear, you right. can store it and, and hold on to it. it. No, yeah. no, no. It mm-hmm. holds on to it. No, I know. Yes. I mean, that... did, you, did you get some stuff, Kenny? I, yeah, I did. You know, unfortunately, um, over the last two years, um, we lost my dad oh. and my brother-in-law or my dad aged brother-in-law. Wow. Okay. Two vastly different people. Um, but my dad got us into, he was a musician. He got my brother and I into, into playing. And uh, but he he died a slow death, so he had time to make preparations, and he uh, gave us all his music equipment. Now I, I've been playing for like twenty something years, and I got all my stuff. It's fine tuned. Right. We filled my pickup truck with. We didn't realize how much music equipment this man had. Wow. We brought it home. It's been in my closet the entire for, for like two years. Yes. Um, but. You know, it's it's what he wanted us to have, so we took it. Yeah, and but, you're, you're you know. honoring that thing, but what, do, you, do you have any long-term plan for that stuff? Are you going to pass it down, or you, what are you going to do with it? Well, see, that's see, I'm, I'm just continuing that trend yeah. because I want to pass on my stuff. I'm, I'm looking into selling the stuff he gave me because i got to pay some bills, you know. Right. But, um, no, but, but I'll tell you what, my, my, uh, another thing you guys were talking about with the, with the photo albums, um, my brother-in-law recently died, and that was very unexpected, just uh-huh. died in the living room. Um, but the whole family on my, my in-laws side, they were bickering about this and that. And it was all dumb stuff, but everybody made up when we met up in the evening and just passed around the, 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 uh, the photo albums, it yeah. was something physical, everybody can bond over and, you know, just you know, squash stuff. So they, they have their value too. You know what I mean? Yep. No, it's true. It's true. I, to everyone's own sensibilities. I get it. But I, I think if you take away anything from this conversation, Preston, if you're on the, I'm going to pass it down side, do the recipient a favor and just say, is this something you really want? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, if you have musical instruments like that, um, and, and, you know, he obviously wants to sell them. That's right. cool. Sell them or donate them to a school okay. because yeah. musical instruments should be played. People people should be playing yeah. those. Yeah. And schools need them, too. Absolutely. And they need yeah. armoires, Preston. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Kathy, I was going to ask you, um, if uh, will you inherit any jewelry? And if so, will you accept it? No, the only thing my mom had, which was a her beautiful diamond ring, she lost the diamond out of it years ago, and uh, no, so she doesn't have anything that she'll hand down oh, to wow. me. All right. Uh, well, anyhow, yeah. According to this article in Forbes, uh, people don't want your stuff. It's a clutter-free <laughs> yeah. life we're living now. So don't pan down the china cabinet. Uh, sell it, make some money, and then uh, they can buy what they want. Right. Yeah, something like that. All right. Anyhow, uh, this was ca- not really the junk drawer, but it, it was. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're going to wrap that segment up and get you ready uh, to, to win some money uh, because we have uh, the MMR money clips, and this is the last two days uh, that we'll be doing that. So we'll take a quick break, and we will come back in just a moment with that and the bizarre files. Thank you. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant 
Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high quality, round brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. You'll want to win an autographed Eagles jersey, an ultimate tailgating package, 2022 Eagles season tickets, or just good old cash? You could win when you enter Acme Swoop In and win sweepstakes. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com for your chance to be the next big winner. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's uh, dive into the stories I got here for you. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Brought to you this morning by Monster Mania. You can meet the biggest names in horror this weekend at Monster Mania Con 48 at Oaks, PA. Uh, with Christina Ricci and Michael Myers reunion as well. And Very cool. More at monstermania.net. I have some interesting stories for you this morning in the B file. We're going to start with this one. Hopefully, this works. An unprecedented drone operation is being prepared to rescue four dogs stranded for weeks between rivers of red hot lava oh. yeah. streaming from an erupting volcano on the Spanish island of La Palma. The emaciated dogs are stranded in two empty water tanks in the town of Taduk, uh, flanked by slow-moving lava flows from the Cumbre Vieja volcano that erupted on the 19th of September. The molten rock has so far covered 185, no, I'm sorry, 1,885 acres. It's, it's amazing. Has destroyed about 2,000 buildings, although prompt evacuations have helped avoid fatalities on the island, part of the Canary Islands off the northwest of Africa. On its way to the Atlantic Ocean, the lava has spared a few areas by creating islands of terrain that remain relatively unharmed, such as the spot where the dogs are. Local Animal Association, uh, Lales.org, sounded the alarm after it became aware of the plight of the dogs in early October and arranged for two drone firms to drop off food and water for the animals, which have lost weight since becoming trapped. Uh, reaching the animals on foot is impossible. At the, this would require crossing scorching lava, and also helicopters can't fly in the area because the ash and hot gas from the volcano could damage the rotors. Uh, but a crew from the industrial drone operator Aero Cameras arrived on the island on Monday after receiving the green light from local authorities to carry out the rescue operation because under Spanish law, drones are normally not allowed to transport people or animals. Right. The company's CEO, Jaime Piera, uh, had said that the plan was to send a 110-pound drone equipped with a wide net to trap the dogs one by one and fly them to safety. He said, we don't have experience transporting a live animal by drone, nor does anyone. Nobody's done it before. No, no. So the success of the mission will depend largely on how the dogs respond to the drone. He said the dogs could react by running away, moving, jumping. We don't know. Uh, those. Um, there are those who say that the dogs could fracture a bone, have a heart attack. Of course, there are all sorts of risks, but either we get them out or probably in a few days, they're going to die. Yeah. So they have to at least try. So they're going to give this a run. So hopefully It's a valiant effort. I hope they do it. it, it, it it's. It, I think they can do it. So I'll ha- hopefully have a follow-up uh, yeah. for you on that. 
All right, eight Nigerian men accused of an Internet dating scam have been charged in a South African court after a massive internal operation involving the FBI and Interpol. So this Nigerian prince I'm meeting for drinks later on? (laughs) Authorities in the U.S. where the investigation originated, most of the alleged victims are based, uh, have applied for their extradition. Uh, They are accused of defrauding more than 100 victims of almost $7 million in total over the past decade. Uh, They have not commented on the charges. It is the biggest such bust in South Africa. The suspects who are between 33 and 52 were arrested in Cape Town following a legal assistance request from the U.S. It's believed the FBI and Secret Service led the investigation and worked with South African authorities, including their elite police unit, which is known as the Hawks. The Hawks. That's a cool, that is a cool name. Uh, the men are wanted... Engage, Hawks! The men are wanted in Texas and New Jersey for a variety of offenses, including conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud, money laundering, and aggravated identity theft. In opposing bail, the prosecutor, Robin Lewis, alleged that the men are members of what's called the Black Axe, a transnational organized crime syndicate originating in Nigeria whose specialties include laundering money through various accounts. The state argued the men were a flight risk because they still have access to accounts allegedly used. They face 20 years in jail if convicted. Uh, It's alleged they preyed on their victims through dating sites using false identities. The victims, often vulnerable widows or divorcees Uh from around the world, thought they were in genuine romantic Relationships. It's so loathsome. Uh, the Colonel Magali said one of these suspects had uh, ingratiated themselves with the victims. They allegedly con- concocted sob stories about why they needed money, taxes, inheritance, uh, essential overseas yeah, travel, the same stuff. debt, all this stuff, and they siphoned the money from the victims. <laughs> the fraudsters intimidated and berated their victims, ruined their lives, and then disappeared, she said. A neighbor of two of the suspects, speaking on condition of anonymity, told the BBC that he was shocked to hear that the two brothers were alleged to be members of the Nigerian crime gang. He said they were friendly. They never uh, brought any crime to the area. The the other brother was uh, married to a South African citizen. But he said once a week, about 10 luxury cars would arrive and leave again in a few hours. Uh, These were top-end vehicles like uh, Mercedes-Benz and Ferraris. Uh, The way they dressed, he said you could tell that they were wealthy. And uh, apparently they, they... uh, the neighbors were woken up on Tuesday when they made the bus. So, wow. So maybe they're going to put a, a, not a complete stop, but a close to it stop on this. Now, this next story is I didn't have anywhere to put this. Uh, so I didn't know. I wanted to make sure I got to it today. So I put this in the bizarre file. Right. But a pig's kidney has been transplanted into a human and was not immediately rejected for the first time. Whoa. The medical advancement called a transformative moment by researchers could pave the way to help the thousands of people in need of organ transplants every year. Uh, so on September 25th, researchers at New York University performed the transplant called xenotransplantation. Is that interspecies transplantation? Uh, yeah, in, yeah, in a uh, two-hour procedure. The God. kidney, which was obtained from a genetically engineered pig was placed in a brain-dead human who had been placed on a ventilator with the consent of her family. So they could try this. Yeah. Uh, The kidney was attached to blood vessels in the donor's upper leg and kept outside of the abdomen where it was covered with a protective shield for the duration of the 54-hour study. Researchers observed that the body was producing levels of urine and uh, creatinine that were uh, normal and equivalent to what is seen from a human kidney transplant. Well, this is huge. And there was no signs of the body rejecting the organ. Uh, Dr. Robert Montgomery, who led the surgical team, said in a statement that the procedure was a transformative moment in organ transplantation. Uh, He said it was better than I expected. The kidney turned a beautiful pink color, he said, and immediately urine started pouring out of the ureter. 
And there was complete silence for a few minutes while we were sort of taking in what we were looking at, which was incredible. It was a kidney that was immediately functioning. Wow. Now, the idea of using animal organs for transplants is not new, but historically, animal-to-human transplants have not been compatible. What allowed this transplant to work, Montgomery said, was genetically engineering the donor pig so that it didn't have the enzyme that the human body is designed to immediately attack. Is that not it's amazing. mind-bogglingly amazing? That's, that's, it's, so how how quickly before they can institute this into... I would imagine it's going to be a while, but they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. And imagine if they can make that For work. people suffering with kidney issues? Wow. Or maybe they can Anything. make it work for other organs as well. One last story. I love this story. A group of quick-thinking young men were forced to get creative by using their turbans as a makeshift rope to help rescue a pair of hikers in Metro Vancouver Park earlier this month. I knew those turbans would pay off. Five friends were enjoying their hike at the Lower Falls Trail at Golden Ears Provincial Park when they saw a commotion. Uh, uh, Kuljinder Singh said, uh, they said, two people are stuck there. Can you help them? Uh, So they saw two fellow hikers stranded on a large rock by the edge of a fast-moving river. Singh said that he and his friends uh, didn't have cell phone reception, but they knew how to improvise. Uh, He said, we didn't have any other equipment to save them. He said, we only had our turbans to save them. Uh, So Singh said, uh, so the the three uh, wearing turbans unraveled the headdress to make a rope along with their jackets. He said, "In in my Sikh culture, the turban is for that. Really? To help save the life of people who need the help. I never knew that. How great is that? I just thought it was, okay, this is the kind of hat we wear. Uh, The two stranded hikers used the makeshift rope to eventually pull themselves to safety. Um, Unbeknownst to Search and Rescue, uh, who was called, and volunteers were already on their way. Uh, But by the time crews got there, their services weren't needed. They got them out of there. Do you know the original design for the top hat was to deep fry turkeys? No. No. Yeah. Uh, the search manager, Rick Lang, says he was quite amazed. He said, I'd never heard anything like that or seen anybody doing anything like that. It's I amazing. thought it was quite resourceful. They showed great presence of mind to put something together in such a short time. Uh, so <laughs> Singh said, uh, my family and I, uh, my whole Sikh community feel proud of us. While many people are calling them heroes, he does not see themselves that way. He said, in Sikh color, cu- culture, uh, you have to save their lives. It's not a matter of being a hero, he said. So wow. that's awesome, man. That yeah. is incredible. Between that and the, the pig kidney, yeah, rocking. Some like, good stuff. You did raise a, a good question, though. I but, mean, the top hat, like, why? Why, why, you know? So you can deep fry a turkey. <sighs> but really? No, I made that up. <laughs> Damn it, you got me. All right, and that is the Bizarre File. We're running out of time for you. MMR's Money Clip, gang. The word right now is compete, C-O-M-P-E-T-E, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to get to us. So about three minutes left for you to do that. We're going to take a break. We are going to come back in a moment. We have a last-minute addition to our guest lineup today. Ooh, how about that? I'm not going to tell you it is. No. Until we get back. We just found out this person's coming on. He's a good friend of ours. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, this is Joe from Penn Ridge Painting, your local Percocy painter. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash penridgepainting or send me an email at penridgepainting at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great day. Next message. Hi, Preston and Steve. This is Rihanna calling from the Bucks County Suicide Prevention Task Force. We have a Hold On You Matter walk on November 6th at the Percocy campus of Bucks County Community College. Our nonprofit helps to develop suicide prevention programming in Bucks County, and we'd love it if we had a big show of support at our walk. 
You can find more information on holdonyoumatter.com. Thank you. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, uh, Dennis Quaid is going to be on the show. Uh, Chef Elton Brown, who has a uh, live stage show in our city coming up on the 23rd, so Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the Philadelphia Film Office is presenting uh, the Philadelphia Film Festival. We're going to talk to Andrew Greenblatt from there as well. And we have a last-minute addition to today's lineup. I was very happy to hear about that. Me too. Looky, yeah. looky. It is a friend of ours. Uh, yeah, we always play the <laughs> Helium Comedy Club tonight. Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug frickin' Benson hey. is on with us this morning. Hey, hey man. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> hey. What a surprise. We didn't know. You texted Casey this morning uh, letting us know that you were in town for the gig tonight, man. That's cool. Yeah, I got this uh, crazy uh, uh, show that we put together where, uh, you know, there's already... I, I'm on the East Coast. I want to. I always want to come to Philly. So we just added at Helium tonight a happy hour show. Wow, that's it's cool. Six o'clock. Yeah, it's at six o'clock. It'll be about ninety minutes long. Me and at least one or two other comics, and uh, it just should be a, a you know, a, it's a strange time for a comedy show. But I'm just excited to uh, you know get one in and to uh, you know hang out. In uh, Philadelphia for the night. No, I think the happy hour uh, comedy show oh, flies. Yeah. You don't want to be doing it at two in the afternoon like a retirement home. Right. But you, but uh, yeah, the, the the happy hour is a perfect. That's when people want to decompress, and so that falls well within the realm of uh, viability. So that's cool. Uh, and, and is it is, is a standard show, or is it one of your other shows? What what are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's not a uh, a Doug Loves Movies taping. If if it was that, you guys would have gotten a call and we uh. hit you up to be guests. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just a stand up show. I've been working really hard on uh, you know jokes while uh, pacing around in my home. Uh, you know, in between. <laughs> Peeing in jars because I thought you were supposed to do that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, the yeah, Hugh Hefner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He... I've got a lot of urine. If yes. you need any urine, I've got a lot of it. Oh. It's not. It's not good for drug testing purposes, of course. Right. Howard Hughes. Now Howard Hughes. Yeah. 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 Uh, my urine. I, yeah, I just walked around my apartment referring to myself as the aviator. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, Doug, I wanted to ask, you know, speaking of, of movies, um, what have you taken to now streaming and watching movies at home over going to theater or when things, or have you been going back to the theater or when things lighten up, will you be looking forward to going back to theater or maybe just doing the home thing? I try, it's a mix. It's yeah. really a mix. Like when Suicide Squad came out, I had to see it on the big screen. So I just went to, a, you know, a matinee at a huge theater and right. sat there with my mask on. And then, but then I also watched the hell out of it on uh, HBO Max. So I, I, you know, when I was a kid, if you'd have told me, hey, all the big movies are going to be available in the theater and your home at the same time on the same day. I would have been pretty stoked. You know, I yeah. I think movies should be seen on the big screen. I want the big screen experience to continue. I got to go to see the uh, premiere of the Nicolas Cage movie Pig. Oh. And 
and, and we all sat there with masks on, Nick, Nick Cage included, and uh, it, it was so exciting to... Wow. Uh, <laughs> that movie is so good. That, yeah, Pig is... is <laughs> and we had talked about it initially when it was just coming out. We're like, well, what is this about? But it is really a wonderfully well-made movie. Yeah, and it's not a comedy. Like no. it's got funny parts, but like it was, um, it was wild sitting with Nicolas Cage a few rows away because you know how he just does things that you don't know if you're supposed to laugh or not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it was weird being being near him, but I, I just love that movie because it's you know it's just two hours of uh, Nick Cage walking around going, "Who has my pig?" <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just well, it's just compelling. It's since, just so compelling. Since the the pandemic, the first. I finally went to see a movie uh, in the theater last week, and it was uh, Shang-Chi and uh, Legend of the Ten Rings, which I absolutely loved. But the, but I, but now, getting used to this uh, watching at home thing, so this weekend, I have a crazy busy weekend, and Dune opens up. I've read the book a number of times, so and I, and I love the original film, and, uh, and I'm, I'm dying to see this, but my weekend's so busy, I'm not going to try to make the time to go to the movie theater and see it. Which is where I should see it. See it. It's a theater movie. Yeah, but I'm going to watch it at home this weekend. You know, and I, I'm I'm a little ashamed of myself. <laughs> right, but if it's great, you can go back and experience it in the theater. That's, and if that's it true. Sucks. You didn't waste your time. Going <laughs> oh. There you go. I, I think I, I'm sitting right where you are in, in that uh, take, uh, Doug. Is that um, listen? I uh, the theater means everything. But uh, so I, I have a, a nice rig at home where you know it's, it's a it's a it's a, a short throw projector. And, uh, you know, and it, I get a, a sizable image. Uh, and, and, like, I'm like, well, I was initially very reticent about it. And I don't know, you know, what is this going to happen then? Is this going to cause the movies overall, the quality to diminish and then so on and so forth? But, no, I mean, it, it, to have that option, you, if you want to go see it in the theater, you can. If you want to see it at home, that's great. But, uh, you know, I, I'm fascinated with the way this is seemingly thrown the movie industry into this conundrum, you had the issue with um, Scarlett Johansson and uh, the release at home of uh, of uh, her film, and uh, you know they're trying to wrangle and figure out how this is going to break down as far as getting points on a movie and how that all ends up uh, playing out. What's your take on all of that? Well, that they're just going to have to start uh, negotiating for that that stuff. You know, it just wasn't worked out with Scarlett. You know, the pandemic just sort of happened and they scrambled and came up with this idea of, you know, showing the, the movies on TV uh, and didn't work out to deal with her and how they were going to pay her. So right. Of course, you know, and she's famous enough that she's not doesn't have to worry about, you know, it, you know, I know Disney's huge, but and so is Marvel. But like if she walked away, which she seems like she's doing anyway uh, from those move that those studio and those kinds of movies, uh, she'll still get plenty of work, you know. Right. Doug, I don't know when the last uh, time we, we had you on was, but um, speaking of home movies, I, I really wanted to uh, compliment you on uh, the last blockbuster. It was it was a terrific documentary and you were featured pretty prominently in it and uh, it, that was pandemic viewing for me. I think it's on Netflix or I, I don't I don't remember exactly which yeah. platform. Yeah, yeah. Um but what was your experience it's on like Netflix. that? Okay, and, and when did you film that? Uh that was uh, you know, uh as documentaries tend to be, that was probably about a year before the, the movie actually came out and so it was it was, you know, pre pandemic and uh I they interviewed me in Los Angeles where you just sit there and talk about your, you know, your memories about Blockbuster and everything. And they were, you know, to promote this idea that there's just one Blockbuster left in Bend, Oregon. And I was just like, 
hey, I'll come to Bend, Oregon. That sounds awesome to, like, walk around in the only remaining blockbuster video store. I was never really a huge blockbuster video person when I was younger. I went to the mom and pop one across the street right? because they weirdly had a better selection. But uh, the idea of the video store and that one exists and you can walk around and look at the titles, look at the boxes, physically hold them, that whole experience you know it's gone now you know now you just stroll now you just scroll through netflix for a long time and can't find anything to watch right yeah Yeah. same thing exactly (laughs) you know it's the same thing every day but uh so it was just exciting to to go there and so that's why i'm featured prominently in the documentary because i was the the one you know quote unquote celebrity interview they did where i was like hey i will come there <laughs> you, know, will, you got it go there. Hey, yeah doug yeah. Your, your your mom and pop store did they have a porn section yes and, yes and blockbuster did not right Block, blockbuster was a real sea buster buster if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah and in fact we we were talking um nostalgically and, and lovingly about the partitions that would exist in mom-and-pop video stores that would indicate, okay, b- back behind that is where the porn is. And there was everything from, like, old saloon-style swinging doors to beaded curtains. but a that sheet. To, to a sheet. <laughs> yeah. That was the area you yeah. went in, and, and, and guys sort of backed in and, like, uh, hugged mm. the wall. It was, it was a whole ritual. Yeah, you didn't want to be seen going in or coming out. Like you'd have to kind of be like, you know, just looking at the titles that are near the curtain, and then just suddenly dart through and nobody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever titles, and you knew what titles were right by the entrance to the porn section. You know, it was like Beethoven or something. <laughs> Hey, oh, uh, yeah, I saw Beethoven third a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug, I wanted to ask about the hair. It's getting really long, man. Are you going to yeah. keep that going? Uh, yeah, I've made a pledge to myself in the world that I'm never going to cut my hair again. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This was a pandemic yeah. decision? I probably won't stick with it. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you could become the... Real... Go ahead. <laughs> it's a real pain. Like, I've uh, I've been having conversations with women with long hair all the time now about, like, just the crazy things like... Uh, my own hair scares me all the time because I'll turn <laughs> and a, 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 a you know a, a glob of hair will move and I'll think it's somebody standing next to me or walking towards me. <laughs> and uh, apparently, women have had to deal with that this whole time, and I just didn't know. Well, let me ask you: with the long hair and and the the uh, amount of uh, um, uh, lighters and things that you use on a consistent basis, um, um, you know, does that present a fire hazard? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I. <laughs> No, I didn't even think of that when I decided to let it grow. But, yeah, it probably will be an issue. But also, there's a lot of, uh, you know, vaporizing and dabbing going on now. So a lot of devices, don't you don't even have to. Yes, that's true. That's true. Hey, Doug, if you now, I, I don't know this. If you if you are, then I apologize. But have you delved into that world as far as a, uh, a kind of a side hustle? What world? Uh, of of having you know being having ownership in in some uh, marijuana um, uh, companies. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Growing. Uh, you know, people point out to me how dumb I am all the time for it, but <laughs> I feel like I, I I really I really enjoy cannabis and talking about it and you know being high. But um, 
it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know, for some reason, I've just resisted the idea uh. of, you know, getting involved in a, in a business sense, because also it's all terribly regional at this point. Right. Like my friend Josh, my friend Josh Blue gave me some, uh, he hooked up with a company and he makes some Josh Blue Dream lollipops <laughs> that have like uh, 5% THC in them. And, uh, you know. He's uh, he's got like two markets that he's selling them in, and he's a national figure. Like it should be everywhere, uh, and I just don't feel like he's going to make a ton of money off of it because it's it's just hard to make things national while it's still federally illegal. Well, I think maybe it, it, it mirrors the the whole podcasting that those who got to it earliest are going to stand the best shot of making more on it because there are, there are a ton of people now who've gotten into the business, and it's, the people with the reputation seem to be doing better. Yeah. And I, you know, I just am not, a, I'm not knowledgeable enough about, you know, I just like smoking it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to, I love it. to, you know, to, to do any kind of quality control if I put my name on some, uh, you know, on some sort of product. So, you know, the last thing I want is to be the, you know, the weed guy that's got people mad at him because it's right. you know, the weed they brought. Right. You're, you're, one of the most, you're one of the most true to yourself people I've yeah. ever known, Doug, and I love that about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I know what he's know? saying, though. What you he's know? saying is yeah. it, he doesn't want to be that guy who's going to piss off people yeah. or whatever. And you also, I think, if it becomes a business that you're having to, like, look at ledgers and things like that or deal with all that, it's going. it might diminish the enjoyment you inherently feel when you're using all of this stuff. And, and that would be a, a bummer. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I've, it's really uh, been a huge part of my life. And it's been, a you know, a big part of my, uh, you know, success. You want to call it that, so I, I don't really, I don't really feel like I need to cash in on on, on that. But you ne- you never know, the right offer might come along. Somebody might be listening to this live or on the Preston and Steve podcast, and they might be like, "I'm going to reach out to Doug Benson. He's you don't know Doug on Instagram, and I'm going to DM him, and I'm going to make him a pretty sweet offer to put his name on some." Freaking you never know. <laughs> I think that's probably it's happening right now. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, Doug, we we saw you uh, had, uh, posted on social about uh, uh, Ted Lasso and what a fan you are, and we've been oh. Casey Casey turned me on to it during the the first season run and 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 badgered me until I watch it, and I will forever owe him for that because it is I think it's the greatest TV show I've ever seen. It's so good. And uh, did you know that uh, Roy Kent has a podcast? No, as the character Roy Kent. No, the guy who plays oh. him, uh, Greg oh. Goldstein, has a uh, podcast called Films to be Buried With. Yes. And uh, I, I was watching uh, Ted Lasso and loving it, and I was like, this Roy Kent guy is amazing. And I looked him up on Twitter, saw he was following me, so I DM'd him. And he's like, hey, I have a podcast about where I talk to people about the, you know, the movies that were most important to them in their lives. And so he had me on his podcast. So I got oh. to be on a podcast. Oh. With Roy freaking Kent wow. while I was watching, like, the first season of Ted Lasso and loving it. Oh, oh that's so awesome. So does he live in London? Is that where he is based? Or not? maybe not London, yeah. but England? He is. Okay. Yeah, I think he's based there. But he's, like, he's all over uh, Los Angeles right now because he came out to, to get that Emmy. Well, he had he he's had a a successful stand up career. He's been writing. He has a, a couple of movies that he there's that sort of uh, it's sort of like a Hancock riff um, where he he gets superpowers. Um, you know, he's it's funny to see him as he normally is, and that character is a bit of a transformation uh, that goes on. But he is he's a sharp guy and, and wrote a number of the episodes 
in, in both seasons. Now, are you just season one or have you seen both seasons? Oh, I've seen it all. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's, you know, I'm still a diehard fan, even though, you know, it. Uh, they, they made some interesting choices in, in, in season two. Right, right. Um, it, it, it's all, but that, uh, you, you, that's what you love. I mean, you, you're, you're talking, I don't know how many seasons they're going to go for, but... Uh, the, the characters don't do always what you expect them to do, and everyone is nuanced. But I, I stand by this. I think this is the the show that is closest to like a Frank Capra vibe, where um, you know you you save for one person, you know, a, a nasty ex husband. Uh, everyone else has redeemable qualities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's got it. He's charming. Yeah. He's got <laughs> yes, he's he charming. Yeah. He yeah. is charming. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Nice, man. He's a charming a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, man, we, uh, we're we happy you got in touch. I'm really, it's, it's been a while, so we're, we're glad we had a, an opportunity to uh, chat with you in advance of your show, this kind of last-minute oh, yeah. scheduled uh, happy hour show, which is fantastic, a 6 o'clock show at, uh, at Helium. Can we expect you to circle back around, uh, you know, at some point down the road in Philly? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, the the going back out on the road thing is just I'm doing it in, you know, dribs and drabs at this point because it's all it's you know it's the wild west everywhere. Like yep. each each place I go has different rules <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and different ways of uh, reacting to those rules. So uh, like you know I'm in New York City right now and uh, it's kind of crazy how like even like bodegas you have to have uh, a vax card to go in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's um, it's just uh, it's just well, it's right. you know, got to figure out how to make this work. In right. many ways, you are the Mandalorian of comedy because you keep going to these different <laughs> outposts. <laughs> I that's another thing that's uh, frustrating to me is that when's the next Mandalorian coming out? Like in twenty twenty three? Like what's why can't they make it quicker? Yeah, well, they're right. making they're making um, there there are other series. They're they're, they're Boba Fett going with Boba, which was phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal offshoot of the Mandalorian. The fact that Boba Fett is finally getting his just due, and uh, so they're, <laughs> they're going with that series. And uh, I'm just stunned by what they're doing. And 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 again, I, you know, I, I don't instantly love everything Star Wars. I mean, though I was right there, the original trilogy, the the original movie that you know, the, the original run, the whole thing, I bought into it. But I, I take everything on a per case basis. But what Favreau and and what they've been doing on the on the TV side has been amazing. Oh, yeah, it's uh, I've I've watched so many Star Wars movies, and you know heard them talk about the Force so much, and then it's so satisfying to finally see, uh, you know, Baby Yoda <laughs> using the Force to try to steal someone else's snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. great. Nice. All right. Well, can you imagine what would have happened in in the world if they had just killed off uh, Baby Yoda at some point? Uh, people would have. Taking their own lives. Yeah, they would have lost their ass. <laughs> oh and and maybe a step further, killed Baby Yoda and then and then barbecued him. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. no. Well, you don't know what they eat on other planets. That's quite possible. That's true. He could have been very tasty. Yeah. Too far. Too far. All, right. All right. The Mandalorian of comedy is in town. Yeah. Doug Benson tonight, six o'clock. One show only. HeliumComedy.com. Get those tickets. Great to catch up with you, Doug. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you. Excellent. Nice to talk to everybody. All right. And there he goes, yeah. Doug Benson. <laughs> 
Benson. Yeah, you know, it's perfect. Uh, all right, listen, we need to take a break because we have a laundry list of guests who are going to be joining us when we return. So uh, we're going to get to Alton Brown when we come back because he's going to be performing at the Miriam Theater on Saturday. And then Dennis Quaid is going to talk to us. He's going to be at the Sellersville Theater on uh, Halloween. So uh, that and more. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Join Marissa Magnata for a bird's watch party at Sports and Social Inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Your game day headquarters. Win sports and social gift cards and more. Our next guest is a live show. It's at the Miriam Theater on Saturday, and uh, I've watched him for years on Food Network, so I'm very much looking forward to speaking to him. The show is called Live Beyond the Eats, and ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen, we have Mr. Alton Brown hey, hey. on the show this morning. Alton, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So the show, by the way, is Alton Brown Live. Beyond the Eats. You can just call it Beyond the Eats. Okay. Beyond the Eats. All right. You got it. I was that's, that's, I, I was saving your name to come after it because I didn't want to tip uh, my hand until I actually said your name and there we brought the... <laughs> I've got a method here that I use, but I got you, Alton. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Hey, listen, I very soon will be pulling up an annual video of you that I bring up every single year at Thanksgiving, and I have to thank you for putting it out on Good Eats. Could you have any guess as to what it might be? Uh, it's, it's it's probably going to be that roast turkey episode. It's how to trust a turkey. And how Absolutely, to trust a turkey specifically. Yeah. That's mainly it. I'm I'm I cook. I do I do a, a good amount of the cooking in my home, and I've been a long time Food Network fan. But I can never remember how to properly trust the turkey, and you did it in such a. Um, an, an elementary way, in such a, a, a dumbed down. Here's how you do it. Way easily consumed. Would oh you say? yeah, yeah. Well, so. the reason the reason you have to keep looking up the videos, you only do it once a year, right? If you yeah. if you ate more than one turkey a year, you would have this memorized. Right. It's like when you get your license renewed or something. You don't do it that often. You forget exactly how do I do this? So, yeah. Yeah. Where is that left turn signal? Where I is that left? Exactly. Left mm-hmm. And you know, Alton, you you've been doing uh, live shows. You've done several of these, right? Uh, very, this variations. Is my, this is my third. Two this is uh, the, the third time that we've gone out uh, with, with a new tour. And I, I wanted to go out last year, but, you know, last year was a, a rough year for, yeah. for everybody. And uh, theater stuff wasn't happening. So I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to get back out again. Well, I'm, I'm curious what the show is about because what, what Good Eats was, was great at demonstrating, what you, what you did is you would use a lot of, of teaching aids to show yeah. people a, a way to, you know, uh, to think outside the box and how to do these these uh, cooking yeah. techniques and so on. Um, is that what's involved in, in the stage show? Well, I like to think of my live stage shows as variety shows, like culinary variety shows. There's actually a lot of stuff that goes on. Most of it's just me doing things that I can't do on television. So there there are food demonstrations, but unlike TV, they are not terribly practical. Well, I mean, they are if you have welding skills. Right. Um, but but I generally build very large things uh, to do the cooking. Uh, but besides that, there's also what I like to call comedy. Of course, it's only comedy if people laugh. And uh, and and my band and I do some of my uh, silly food songs. So there's kind of a bit of of everything. And this year we're actually adding um, a whole new thing, which is that there is actually going to be a game show, uh, nice with 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 contestants buried in the middle of the show. So there's a show within the show. Um, so it's 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 a little bit of everything, but so, all, all very food-centric. And there there are some crazy teaching aids, and, and hopefully people will 
leave the theater knowing a little bit more than they, they did when they came in. I hope. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at your, your website, and I was looking at some of the pictures of some of the stage shows so far, and it's, it's obviously, it's a little bit more of a, it's halfway between a, a cooking show and a Kiss concert. You got a lot going on. <laughs> so uh, I yeah, wanted to ask yes, you, though, a good word. I, I, I read an interview with you, uh, and uh, you were talking about, the, in the, you know, you had uh, been interested in, in, in cooking shows and so on and so forth, but early on you said they were sort of, they were just sort of led and not, not a lot going on, and so that sort of shaped the way you were going to approach, um, you know, your, your methodology. Was there anybody early on in, you know, in the pantheon of, of the early cooking shows that you thought was doing it right? Well, I mean, all of us, all of us pray at the Church of Julia, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and no one ever did it like that. No one ever cooked with such joy and made things so um, kind of, it was, it was okay to make mistakes. And I think that that was the, the, the single biggest um, um, influence. You know, me, as somebody who likes to, to teach, um, I, I heavily I took from, from uh, uh, Mr. Wizard. Um, I stole things from Jacques Cousteau, and I stole stuff from Monty Python because <laughs> I think that laughing brains are more absorbent, uh, which has kind of been a mantra of mine. So right. if I can make people laugh, I can teach them without them knowing it's happening, um, which, you know, would have helped me in high school if somebody no. had thought about that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I so much enjoyed uh, Good Eats, but one of the things I was always confused about um, – uh, Alton, was that that you had seemed so different than um, the other hosts at the time when, when Good Eats was starting to make a name for itself. So I'm talking about like Emerald and Rachel Ray and Bobby Flay mm-hmm. and all these uh, Food Network stars, is that you knew that those those chefs were restaurateurs and things of that nature because they, they would mention their restaurants and so on. But I never yeah. quite had a beat on you and what your background in the culinary world was. I didn't have one. Okay. I mean, I went to I went to culinary school and I and I worked in restaurants long enough to I to have you know to to, to know that I didn't want to do that anymore. But my my background was television production, hmm. so I, I I went to um, culinary school specifically so that I could get the background to make the show that became Good Eats. That's what I wanted to do. So yeah, I I I, I was learning as I went and and have wow. never owned a restaurant. And you didn't you you never seemed to display a snobbery against. Um... You know the more the more standard food, the fun food, the comfort food. Well, you know, I don't think that other other chefs were were snobs, but you have to remember that that, that, that chefs that have restaurants, they are selling a cuisine. They yeah. they are selling their cuisine. I don't have a freaking cuisine. <laughs> I want the same thing you guys want. I just want better macaroni and cheese. Right. <laughs> yes. So, so my thing is about like, look, we all know what meatloaf ought to taste like. We just can't get there, and so that's. That's my cuisine is your cuisine, right? And 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 so I don't ever think it was a matter of snobbery. It's just I don't have that self-expression. I'm not making like here's my food. I don't have a food, right? Well, with those uh, with 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 those episodes, I mean, you you clearly these were these were pre-produced. They weren't in front of a live audience or anything like that. And no. it didn't seem like they were done there at the Food Network studios where some of the other ones seem so. So I, I assume there wasn't much of. You know, uh, bumping into Emerald as you're, you know, going from here to there. Did you interact with those other uh, cast members much? Um, well, my shows were always shot in Atlanta, except okay. when I was doing Iron Chef America, which was shot in the main studios in New York. So I would run into those people um, often. Um, well, not not Emerald. I mean, I, I, I met Emerald several times. He was the king. Yeah. You know, when, when I started, it was kind of like if you carried his golf clubs, you felt lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Such, <laughs> you know, such a lovely guy. Well, a lot of people don't know or have never been exposed to is that most of these people that were on these shows early on, whether it's Emerald or, or Rachel or Bobby Flay, were like, 
seriously lovely people. Most cooks are. They're, they're, it was just always trying to kind of create, a, 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 you know, what, what, what's their, their, their persona going to be on television. But really, all of these people were pretty freaking nice. That's cool. That, Everybody's that, always disappointed to hear that. Everybody wants some, like, horror story. I don't get any horror stories. No, I actually, I actually prefer to hear that they were nice because yeah. they're, they're people you enjoyed watching. That makes it much, uh, much more enjoyable to know that they're actual human beings. Uh, I wanted yeah. to ask you about Quarantine Kitchen, which you and yeah. your wife have been doing. And I want to ask you, so we, you know, throughout it all, we were, you know, kind of giving out uh, there were recipes uh, of the week or things that people were coming up with, to, you know, to make while they're right. sort of killing time. What would you say at this point, in retrospect, was the quarantine food to make, the quarantine dish? Mm. Well, you know, Quarantine Kitchen's the thing that happened accidentally uh, during lockdown for, for Elizabeth and I. One night, we just as I, she likes to make sure that I take claim of this because it was my fault, <laughs> uh, turned on the computer and said, hey, we're live on YouTube. And we didn't think anything would happen. And now we've done like 150 of the gosh darn things. And, and I would say that the, that the, the, there, that there's not uh, a representative uh, Quarantine Kitchen dish except for just throwing a lot of crap in a pan with some eggs. <laughs> there was a dish called lots of crap in a pan with eggs um okay that's that's kind of it we never knew what we were doing as as premeditated as good eats always was as pre-planned and scripted quarantine kitchen was like we walked in the house five minutes said oh crap it's tuesday night let's go and it was whatever came out of the refrigerator and and i i I think that 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 just goes to show look we all live in a life where we don't know what's going to happen from minute to minute so what we learned was if you've got eggs and, uh, and and you've got some like you know an onion. It's going to be okay. Gonna be, calm down. Calm down. There's going to be food. That is comforting. We we had heard we had started to surmise early on that banana bread might might have been the um, you know the front runner. Banana bread. You know the wonderful thing about banana bread is, believe it or not, we all have rotting bananas in our kitchen. <laughs> yes, you know it. You may not remember buying the bananas. We don't know where the bananas came from, but they're there if you look for them enough. Um, and that's that's certainly true. And the, the nice thing about a banana bread is if you if you put enough stuff in it, you can actually live off of it exclusively for up to a year. Um, wow! So it's it's a, a food category unto itself. It is, actually, banana bread is a food group all to itself, and it is also a trash receptacle uh, because anything can be thrown into it. I, I knew a guy once who put shrimp in his uh, in his banana bread because wow. it was going to go bad, and I'm like, "How was that?" And I said, "He said it was terrible." And I said, "Did you eat?" And he said, yeah, I was hungry. So hunger in the end is the best song. Hunger wins out. Uh, Alden Brown Live uh, Beyond the Eats is uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. at the Miriam Theater. I wanted to ask about this um, uh, game show that you have within that show. Will you be pulling people from the audience to participate or to people? Not only, yes. In fact, what we did, uh, because a lot of it is a food knowledge test, I posted a quiz online about, I guess it was almost two months ago, that about 50,000 people have taken online. And you can take it, uh, go to my website, Alton Brown Live or AltonBrownLive.com and take the quiz. So what we've done is we've generated a list in every city including Philly, of the people that scored the best on that test. And if they're in the theater, they're going to be the ones that are called down. That's awesome. That's awesome. The problem is is that some people, like, sat for three days and did nothing but take the test. So they 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 may have memorized a few things. But it's been so much fun. Alton, throw throw a question at me. I I want to try. Um, True or false, you uh, should never wash a cast iron skillet um, in hot soapy water. Okay, so I've I've been told by my son, 
yesterday, by the way, because we just bought a cast iron skillet and I cooked some steak in it. And uh, he was doing the dishes and he washed it. And he goes, Dad, I didn't use any soap. You're not supposed to use it in a seasoned uh, cast iron skillet. And I was like, really? Well, how do you wash it? He's like, I don't know, but I just use water. So I'm going to side with him. He's only 19 years old, but I'm going to go with him and I'm going to say, no, you should not wash it with hot soapy water. Why the hell would you listen to a 19-year-old? <laughs> I thought it sounded fishy. <laughs> it is one of the biggest lies in the culinary world. You're not supposed to use anything abrasive, but of course you can use salt water. It's a freaking iron pan. And I was wondering, how the hell do you get it clean if you're not <laughs> using soap? Let me tell you something. If, if your cat goes over and pees in your cast iron skillet, do you want to wash it with soap? He's making, a, he's making a good point yeah. here, Preston. But are there, are there some things in the kitchen that you shouldn't use soap on? You know what? Food. You shouldn't want food. Okay. okay. With soap. You're right. It's well, really crappy. It tastes like cilantro, right? <laughs> Honestly, no. It's, most soap is fine. It's abrasives that you want to avoid because a cast iron skillet, once it develops a cure, the number one thing you need to do for a cast iron is just use it. Yeah. Use it and use it and use it. And don't try to scrub it clean every time. But a little soap and water, hey, you know what? Soap water turns out to be a really wonderful thing to wash things. It, it, it really is. But well, let me ask you this, because we, there's a gentleman who came in a couple of times. He's since passed away, but he's known as the, the king of Caesar salad, right? Yes. And, right. And, and right. so he had a, sp- a specific, this beautiful wood. Yeah, it's a salad gorgeous, bowl. huge salad bowl. wooden bowl okay. that he used for years and years and years. He yeah. said it was the secret. Right. And yeah. that was the protocol. Is, is there any merit to any sort of restriction on how you would clean okay. something like that? Would a wooden bowl like that that has been seasoned, and he probably, if he was in the true church of of, of that salad, he probably rubs it with garlic every time he uses it. Right. I would not ordinarily um, wash that with, with, with soapy water because that, that wood is, is kind of porous. Mm. But, um, you know, even then, I, I, I probably still would. You know, it's, it's not going <laughs> to ruin it. It's, it's a bowl. Uh, it, you know, it probably doesn't care that much. That whole mystique, uh, it's not a genie. You know, you don't rub the bowl and a genie comes out to make a salad. So, you know, there, there's a lot of crap that can grow on wood. So yeah. I would still... Yeah. Probably every now and then use hot soapy water on that. Thing. Right. that that's right. just me. And right. you know what? If, if a salad tastes like soap, I'll just say it's cilantro. Yes. <laughs> oh, this cilantro yeah. is excellent. All right. So, Alton, as long as we're talking about uh, cleaning things, I eat a Honeycrisp apple every day uh, for my breakfast. All right. So when I when I get it, I, I bring it into the, the kitchen here at work and I, I rinse it off with water. Am I supposed to do that? And then after I rinse it off, I, I rub it off with um, uh, like a paper towel or whatever. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing that. I just assume so, that there's chemicals on it. So here's no don't don't think about the chemicals. But um, I, what I would do and what I do do when when I eat an apple like that is I I rinse it in hot water and then I dry it off because a lot of apples and other fruit like apples are actually coated with uh, carnauba wax. It's an edible wax and the wax won't hurt you, but stuff can stick to it. So I rinse in hot water. Cold water, believe it or not, ain't going to do that much. But mm. hot water or warm water will. And then you can you can buff it clean there with a towel or a paper towel or whatever. It, it's probably not going to kill you either way, but usually there's some form of wax on the outside of those. And what that does, why that's there is not to make it shiny. It's to prevent moisture loss. So it's not a bad thing, but stuff can stick to it. 
Wow. I, Man, we're learning this. stuff. You got to go this, to the show. It's what Elton Brown does. Yes. He teaches you stuff. I love this, man. I would wow. Still, I think what we've learned here is don't listen to 19 year Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> man, if I come around on that. The hell do they know? Uh, all right. Elton, uh, Elton Brown, uh, live beyond the Eats, Saturday, 8 p.m. at the Miriam Theater. You can get tickets at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Uh, I'm sure it's an easier find than that. Just to type in Elton Brown on you can your go browser. Down live yeah. and buy, buy tickets for any of the shows. It's super simple. Awesome. There you go. All right, Alton, have a great show here in Philadelphia, and thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, thanks, guys. Hope to see you there. All right, excellent. Alton okay. Brown! Hey, 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 hey. He's great. Yeah. He, and and he's, he's full of factoids like that. That's the thing. His, his show, I always drew me in because of that. He just always had these little bits of information. Uh, about the industry, about, you know, everything has to do with food. Sure, yeah. Really, really cool. That makes so. it fun. All right. Nice. You know, I am cooking my first turkey this Thanksgiving ever, so I think maybe ah. I'll press, I will pull up that video that uh, you were talking about. You will definitely want to, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's trussing a turkey. Basically, you want you want all the, the limbs, the, the, the legs and the, and the wings to be in tight on the bird, and to to tie that whole thing up and make it work. It's a bit of a process. It's like a two-person job. I got oh, really? it. Well, I mean, it, unless you want to get, you know, make a total mess. I always have a, a you know, one of my kids will help me out with it. Help it because you got to flip it over at one point and string it around. And you got to smack it up, it flip it, and then rub it down. Yeah, okay. and then oh, and, and, oh, and, no. and honestly, just yeah. over. Yeah. then leave twenty dollars yeah. on the bureau. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all you got to do. I am so jonesing for turkey. This, I, I, you know, yeah. sometimes I look forward to oh. the Thanksgiving meal. It, it is. A super new level of excitement. We, we should have asked uh, Alton about that. The the turkey shortage. Like yes, order your turkeys now. Right, yeah. right now. Do not wait. And uh, I already have. Casey has. Make sure that you do it. I'm driving, Kathy. Yeah, I am driving to Bucks County to get my turkey. Why? Uh, because that's where Preston told me to order it from. Yep. So they all stand Bolton. on the street corner and you yeah. get them in the car. Mm-hmm. No, and a, they ask you if you're a cop first, though. Uh, Bolton Farm. It's Bolton or oh. Bolton's uh, farm is where we get it from. And, and when I tell you. That there's like a massive line of cars waiting to pull into the parking lot when it's pickup day. Oh, this is where the guy was, you were asking to buy brine or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the guy was like a complete dick to you, was he? Well, not? I was a guy in line. Okay. I'm like, dude, I brian my turkey. It's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my business. <laughs> you, you and your ugly wife, get out of here. I'm like, what? You, that's the thing you're going to choose to pick on me about is brining a turkey? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you shut up? Okie dokie. It's a farmer's market? Uh, it is, yeah, it's, okay. uh, and, and turkeys are their specialty. Their right. Yeah, but you got to order them. I don't know if you can get them now. You may want to check into that because there's going to be a turkey shortage. What am I doing here? You got oh, some music there, buddy. Our guest is on the line. I'm going to play a little clip of him performing with the Bellamy Brothers. So cool. Uh, I always love the Bellamy Brothers. Yeah. Remember, let your love flow. Yep. Like a mountain spring and let your love They got together with him uh, to do this song, our next guest. I'll play a little bit and then we'll get him on. Ah, oh, I love this. I song. love this. Yeah, I can help. Yeah. Although, I think it's just the instrumental. No, they sing in a second. No, no I know. No. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. Here we go. There's a little bit of it. If you got a problem, I don't care what it is. If you need a hand, I'm not gonna show you this. I can help. Well, I can see that the the audio ends right here, and it's before Dennis sings. So what? Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's, that's just true. the Bellamy Brothers singing. So right. maybe you'll have to go to the Sellersville Theater, yeah, and hear it for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be performing there on Halloween night. Mr. Dennis Quaid yeah. is oh. on the show. Hey, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so uh, yeah, we we played a little. I'm sorry we didn't have your vocals on there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that. 
in a little bit, but uh, are, have you been friends? I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll just leave that part out. No, uh, you've been friends with the Bellamy Brothers for a long time? Yeah, for about five years, I, I got to know them uh, through uh, association with uh, Cowboy uh, Jack Clement there in Nashville, who's no longer with us, but we uh, both have a lot for him. Nice. And uh, this this get-together, so... Uh, was this? Are, are you going to be playing that song uh, with your band uh, at the Sellersville Theater, or is that uh, just well, something you did for fun on the side? I am uh, going to be coming there by myself. Oh. oh. Yes. It's going to be me, a guitar, and a piano solo on stage. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's very exposed. You know yeah. what I mean? Is that? Do you like to perform that way? Not naked, but... Uh, <laughs> band, yeah. But that's a good sell if you could yeah. pull that off. Uh, no, and that I will perform naked if it comes to that. I guess <laughs> if it'll sell tickets. Yeah. Now the Sellersville Theater is is perfect for this, and and you know music has been a part of uh, your life for a long time. You're obviously uh, associated with playing uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and sure. and uh, and uh, 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 all, all the musicians you have have been friends with, appearing in a couple of music videos. What was there a point in your life uh, uh, which at which music could have taken the upper hand over acting? Uh, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was about 12 years old. I uh, got a, like a $15 guitar and I started trying to learn Light My Fire, which is not a great <laughs> song to learn if first right off the bat. Wow. Right. So, I switched to Johnny Cash. Uh, he was one of my uh, musical heroes and the Beatles and, uh, you know, Van Morrison. And, uh, I, uh, I have an eclectic, uh, Style and taste in music, uh, you know. I I like any music as long as it's good. I tell you, I but, tell you, uh, I, I would pay good money to see you at the Sellersville Theater on acoustic guitar perform. This is the end by the Doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> if you're trying to, do, yeah, yeah, I, one man band. <laughs> it's gonna be me and uh, a guitar. I'm also gonna have a piano up there. Uh, you know, some uh, sort of that. Uh, when I played Jerry Lee Lewis, I had a year to prepare for it, and I just kept it up ever since. And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, songs that uh, people love and grew up with, and it's uh, going to be songs that I've written throughout my life. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an experience with the audience. And uh, one thing we're going to have is a really good time. Dennis, cool. you know, you mentioned having an, an eclectic uh, taste in music, and that, that can be... You know, growing up, that can that can make things a little bit lonely because there there are people that that you know tend towards uh, that trend towards uh, the uh, you know popular music and and they have a, a, a lot of company uh, to share that music with. And when you when you have that eclectic taste, you're kind of on your own. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not I'm not too cool for school. Let's put it that <laughs> <Okay>. way. <laughs> What's what's the most bizarre? What would you I say? Think you're gonna be able to relate. Okay, <laughs> yeah. What is the most bizarre? What what is the 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 type of music people would l- least associate with Dennis Quaid, but that you're very much into? Uh, well, you know, I I would say like Frank Sinatra, I guess. Oh. You know, I I love Frank Frank Sinatra uh, songs and that style of music. Uh, in a way, you know, kind of jazz, I guess, but. Uh, not too jazzy, right? But, right. You know, so the songs I write there, you know, are songs that people can relate to. They're story songs a lot. 
Dennis, yeah, that's one thing I loved about Johnny Cash. Well, yeah, a great storyteller. And I'm curious as to, you know, as an actor, you're probably not that nervous meeting other actors. But are you ever nervous meeting musicians? Oh, sure. Um, you know, my heroes. Uh, like, I, you know, my band, uh, DQ and the Sharks, we used to do the door songs. Uh, like, well, we did wound up doing, like, My Fire and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, L.A. Woman and uh, Riders on the Storm and, uh I met Robbie Krieger of The Doors cool. about five years ago, and uh, I do a lot of gigs with him now. And uh, wow. it's, yeah, I had to kick myself, you know. The, it, you're up there with Robbie Krieger, who was, you know, one of my, I, of course, I idolized him when I was uh, growing up. But he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy. He's like the perennial teenager himself still, you know, he just, Loves to loves to play. I wanted to ask you because I know it's coming up in your in your credits. Uh, American Underdog. Um, you're playing Dick Vermeil in the uh, in the movie, uh-huh. near and dear to this area. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so is uh, I assume if it's being released, it has a release date here of December 25th of this year. Is that uh, still yeah. the deal? Yes, that is still the deal. It's the Kurt Warner story. It's yeah. not uh, Dick Vermeil when he was with uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, he was quite a Interesting guys, very emotional. He has a wide party out in California now. But uh, this is the Kurt Warner story. Uh, you know, he was on shelves in St. Louis uh, at the beginning of the season and wound up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Oh, we're losing them. Yeah, we're losing the, the phone signal. You still there, Dennis? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, we started to lose you there for a second. It, it was breaking up for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we have reverb if we need. Yeah. We have all sorts of effects, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with uh, you know, with with the the way things are with a, a movie career, a, a music career, um, which do you have to try? Do you do you have to try to squeeze in the music parts, uh, Dennis, or do you do you make a, a nice chunk of time for that? Uh, make it a nice chunk of time because uh, I have the luxury of time and being able to kind of set my schedule. And uh, so I've got this two-week tour that uh, I'm going out on. This is the first time since uh, COVID mm-hmm. uh, that you're able to get out there, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it, it's a cool thing, and everybody we talk to, it's it's sort of like a broken record, but everyone is so ecstatic about the fact that we're getting back to these live performances that you can't help but you know, uh, share the common uh, enthusiasm for it. So, yeah, it, I mean, this is what you do. This you 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 know, you're in a line of uh, of work where it you have to interact with your audience, and this gives you the opportunity to do it. Will there will there be like a uh, meet and greet afterwards, or or you know what what could people expect? Uh, I, of course, man, I'm there to meet everybody, and uh, you know, the show's audience participation. This is what I love about doing gigs like this. You're know, being able to look people. In their faces, and uh, you know, talk to the audience, yep. and uh, just you know, everybody uh, have a good time. I have always have a money back guarantee. If, uh, <laughs> have a good time. There you go. <laughs> That's solid. Uh, you know, with with you having your your musical talent, uh, that can obviously bode well for any roles uh, acting wise that have to pop, that pop up that require you to play guitar, play piano, or something, or sing. Um, but I was curious about in in the length of your career and all the various things that um, the roles that you played have some type of 
speciality like uh, when you uh, were in the rookie and you probably had to, uh, well, I'm sure you knew how to pitch or or in Soul Surfer or these things where you had to learn to do things for a role, like ride a horse or something like that. Does those some sometimes those things stick, and then you'll you'll carry on and and, and make a hobby out of what you learn for a role. Yeah, that's the beauty. It, it, I don't make a hobby out of it. I make an obsession out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I get I'm not a human being. I'm a human doing. What I call myself, but uh, that's one of the beauties of uh, of uh, being an actor is that you get to go through all those doors that say authorized personnel only. You know, when it comes to learning about what makes somebody tick. Like when I played an astronaut, I got my pilot's license. Yeah. When I played Jerry Lewis, you know, I got the, uh, I learned to play piano. He, in fact, he was one of my teachers. And uh, uh, that's what I love about doing what I do. I have to say, you mentioned being an astronaut and the right stuff is uh, you played Gordon Cooper and, and, and it's such a great job. That cast was so amazing and, and so many stellar careers, uh, you know, were, were ushered through because of that. But you have a moment in that movie that is, in a movie where so much is going on, um, they ask you who the, the best the best pilot you ever mm. saw. And that that moment is captured. It, it just resonates. For some reason, it makes me sort of well up because, you know, it's, it's the way you respond. And it was just a, a subtle thing that you do. And uh, it, it was just amazing. I just wanted to compliment you on that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. My response was, you're looking at him. You're looking <laughs> at him. Yeah. And, and with- whenever, I'm on, whenever I'm on an airline, in fact, I... Uh, you know, when you're getting off and the captain opens his doors, you know, and kind of waves at everybody, I always, I always go by because I can see that look. And, uh, you know, I always say, who's the best pilot you ever saw? <laughs> and they all say, you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And and I'm curious, with you being in one of, one of the absolute premier space films ever, space exploration films ever made, uh, has Bezos approached you or, or uh, Elon Musk or anybody? Let's send Dennis up. Uh, well, not yet, but I am I am open. Yeah? It's just for that free carnival ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I want to I go on the orbital one, though. I think that would be... I cool. think Vir- you're right. Virgin Galactic. Yeah, get yeah. a little bit more space time. I mean, that's you, you want a little bit yeah. more of that zero G. Yeah. You got you got to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that was pretty amazing. William Shatner last week, yeah. though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, Captain Kirk in space, you can't beat it. it can't really beat it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Speaking of, of space, I, I think Inner Space is an underrated movie, and it it's so good. And every, every time it's on, I, I love it. But I'm curious as to whether or not you've you watched your buddy uh, Martin Short in uh, Only Murders in the Building, because uh, to me, it's the best show of 2021. Yes, I have. He's just like he's the greatest. He and Steve, yeah, they've got a great show that they uh, that they tour with, and uh, while we were doing Interspace, uh, that's where I met Meg, and it was just mm. I just remember me and Marty being in my trailer and uh, just cracking jokes the entire time. It was it was not working, that's for sure. His, <laughs> he it's subtle movements and, and facial uh, gestures that he makes that just inherently make me laugh. He, th- there's something about Martin Short that is just automatically funny every time I see him. Yes. Do you know that he's like a trained uh, classical concert pianist? Oh, no. I did not know I, that. I, I, I knew he could it. sing, yeah. but yeah. I didn't know he was a pianist. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. He can play the polonaise. Well, maybe uh, you can uh, one day bring him up on stage and you guys can uh, piano oh, duel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go. 
Uh, so listen, when, when you're on a set, I don't know, you know, I, I hear that there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of hurry up and wait and stuff. And and so when, all right, so Goliath, you were in the, the, the previous season of Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. And we've actually had him in the studio and he's a musician. Did you get to, you know, sit right. around and, and jam with him? Uh, Billy Bob and I are really good friends. And uh, uh, we spend a lot of time together, actually. And, uh, but we've never toured together. We've, we've we've jammed a couple of times, but uh, we're we're about neighbors up here in uh, California. Have been for many years. He's just a great dude. We both come from the same ilk. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Billy Bob had one of the, the greatest responses when we had him in here. I asked him the question: Does it ever get uh, old? being with some of Hollywood's most beautiful women, and, and he, he started to grin and said, surprisingly, no. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, listen, Dennis, uh, we hope you enjoy this uh, this two-week tour that you're doing, uh, Sellersville Theater. Uh, it's going to be a Halloween show. Um, yeah. Are you going to... Any idea of a costume for the night, or are you going to just be... Uh, well, we already established you're going to be well, naked. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to wear a mask. Okay, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. You got to sing. I understand. Excellent. All right, well, tickets are on sale now. You can get them st94.com. It's great always to speak to you, Dennis. Thanks for coming on this morning. Come on out and see us. And uh, uh, like I said, your body is guaranteed a good time. Or your money back. All right, it. you Excellent. can't beat that. Money back guarantee from Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Take care, man. All right, and we have actually the audio of him singing. Uh, All kids are fired to people get lonely. I never knew, but a woman like you, baby, should never have the blues. So let me help. I got two for me. Let me help. It was shown to me good to do you good. Let me help. That's a catchy song. That is a catchy tune. Uh, he's also in the, remember in the video for uh, "Let's Give Him Something to Talk About" with yeah. Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, yep. they were uh, they were friends. I remember. I think last time we were on, we we, we talked to him about that. But uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. Man. Yeah, so many great movies. I mean, we weren't going to sit and t- pick apart his no. his movie career because he definitely we could have wanted to talk about <laughs> yeah. his uh, uh, his music. But uh, we yeah. keep chipping away. Remember the last time I think we brought up Dreamscape. Which oh one, my yeah, God! One of you, we're we're a big fan of that movie. Yes, right? yeah. Dreamscape, where he was a psychic that could get into people's dreams. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a it's a it was a cool movie. And you mentioned Inner Space, Nick. I I freaking love that movie. I think there was rumor of them remaking that, which they huh. could do to great effect now with with uh, you know CGI and everything. Well, the thing is, he had Joe Dante directing, and and I was watching a, a making of that movie. There's a guy who just spends ridiculous amounts of time doing research on, on the minutiae associated with the movie. And that movie was like, it was just kind of going back and forth and they were, okay, let's do this here. No, all right, let's try this here. And let's, and at the end, a gem, like, like, you know, yeah. like what you would believe it's being, you know, precise and all that stuff. Joe Dante just knew how to guide it to the end. And it is a, it, and it is a, you're right. It is very underrated. If you yeah. haven't seen it, I would say it probably still holds up. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, we should take a break because we got more to go. Uh, we have, uh, we got to talk about the uh, Philadelphia Film Festival, which is yeah. coming up. So we are going to cover that in a little bit. We also have another 500 bucks to give away with the money clip and the bizarre file. How are we going to do it? Right how now. are we going to do it? Stay here and find out. We'll be right back. WMMR. We are so very happy for our morning hosts, Preston and Steve, upon their induction next week into the Radio Hall of Fame. What the f***? 
thanks in large part to you and your loyal support. That was awesome! So celebrate with us during our Hall of Fame weekend as we flip through the pages of the Preston and Steve Show scrapbook. Stop thinking of clowns! And you know with these guys, there's no coattail riding or laurel resting. Right now, they're preparing for Camp Out for Hunger. Oh, God, I love you. Thank you, Hall of Famers Preston and Steve, for all you do every day. You make every morning here so much brighter. <laughs> Thank you. On 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I think, like, movies are the theme of the yeah. show today because we had... A uh, surprise call from Doug Benson. Yes. Earlier this morning, who's doing a uh, last-minute uh, happy hour show at Helium Comedy Club tonight. And obviously, he's, you know, Doug loves movies. He's all about Huge. movies. We just had a movie star, Dennis Quaid, on a little while ago. You know, we should have told, uh, and, and maybe we can get in touch with Doug, about what's going on in the city. It's true. Now yeah. through uh, Halloween. And it is the 30th Philadelphia Film Festival. It's happening as we speak. And uh, we like to uh, chat to some of these people each and every year just to remind you what a great event this is and how many movies you can actually get out and see. It's huge. Uh, please welcome the CEO and Executive Director of the Philadelphia Film Office, Mr. Andrew Greenblatt. Hey. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Right, and we also, uh, absolutely. And then we also have the Artistic Director, Michael Lerman. Hey. Hey. Good morning, hey, hey Michael. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That's that's quite the that's quite the entrance. Casey's well, had a lot of coffee this yeah. morning. We're so, amped up. Yeah, yeah. He was very excited. All right. So, uh, do I understand it? It's already happening, uh, Andrew. Things are underway as we speak. That's right. We kicked off last night with our opening night screening of Belfast and a pile of other movies uh, in our supersized uh, 30th anniversary program. Let me ask you. With uh, obviously there were some. Movie production schedules were impacted. Things were delayed. There have been movies that have sort of, you know, even big blockbusters that were sitting on the shelf for like a year plus two years. Uh, 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 has that caused a drought? Or are we still as vigorous and robust as we've always been? No, it's been great. It's been great, actually, because people had time to, like, refine things and all this stuff. And, and, and a lot of people held back and not released movies because they wanted to make sure they were seen on the big screen, which means we have an even better program this year than we've ever had. Excellent. All right, I saw the number 140 films from 50 countries. Is uh, is that the case, Andrew? You guys are that stacked? We are. It, it's a packed program. Uh, that's why we started on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Um, we are using all of our screens at the PFS Boris. We're using the Philadelphia Film Center. Uh, it's it's just a fantastic program and so much to show and so much diversity so that there really is something for everyone. All right, so it's a little overwhelming that many. Okay, so how do I how do I boil it down? I'm let's say I'm a film fan. Uh, I've got genres that I like. I have you know actors, directors, and so on that I like, and maybe I want to pinpoint those things that are in my wheelhouse. How do I go about doing that? One of the one of the first things I look at uh, is, is who's coming to the festival, right? Uh, because that's that's what builds the festival experience, takes it from just going to a theater, which we always promote as well. Um, but you know, this year we've got Kevin Smith coming in. Uh, he's gonna he has a documentary or it's a documentary about him called Clerk. Uh, and he's doing two back-to-back screenings with extended Q and A's. And you guys know Kevin well, and you know he can talk and tell fantastic oh, stories. He's the best. Uh, he's the best. And so those are happening on this Saturday, on the twenty-third, at the Film Center. Uh, so that's one I would circle and grab tickets now because his tickets always sell out crazy fast for his tours. So this is a chance to come see him. And it's, I think, his first appearance since wrapping Clerks Three. So I'm sure we'll get some really great stories out of him. Uh, and then we also have Knight coming down to do a really special event. 
Um, on Tuesday, the 26th, Knight is going to do a conversation with Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo is going to be on screen over wow. Zoom. Knight will be there in person. They're going to talk about directing, producing their careers. It's going to be super cool. We, we couldn't be more excited to be doing this. No, that's, so that's a home run. I mean, you know, with, with uh, Knight Shyamalan, who's, who loves to talk movies and loves to talk about other artists' movies, as does Guillermo del Toro, who is, uh, again, one of, they're both, you know, in the high, upper, upper echelon of, our, uh, you know, movies that we love. Uh, so, so just to get that alone is big. What, 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 as far as it being buttressed right up against Halloween, um, what do you have in the way of suspense and horror and, and uh, that sort of selection? I mean, we have a pretty robust uh, after-hours program, but it's funny because, you know, when you ask that, it, my mind goes to, we have a lot of horror-adjacent stuff, too. One of, one of my favorite things in the program is a documentary uh, called Alien on Stage about a working-class theater troupe in London that decided to put on a production of Alien. Yeah. Alien. I heard yeah. about that, yeah. 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 So, you know, I can't think of something more Halloween than that. It's it's about costumes and dressing up and just kind of normal people bringing a horror movie to life. So it's really it's really cool. Anything- uh, but we have traditional horror movies, too, like a film called Off Season by Mickey Keating. It's just a creepy movie about a couple on vacation um, who realize that they may be in a haunted place. Things like that. You know, um, there's a there's a Chinese movie called The Sadness, which is just like if you're really into really gory kind of uh, uh <laughs> kind of sub-pandemic genre, sort of zombie genre. It's really fun. So, you know, you, like you mentioned documentaries, and, and uh, we all love documentaries. I mean, you know, the uh, you can just sit and get lost, and, and, and there's so many available now streaming. Uh, what, what, what are the big breakout documentaries that you guys will be showing? I mean, I think that's one. Uh, there's, a, there's a doc called Searchers, which is about uh, different people at different stages in their life on dating apps, which is just so funny and kind of fun to look at different people's personalities and the way they interact with that sort of thing. Um, ironically, we have this really funny movie about, uh, it's called Listening to Kenny G, which is like, I know very much not your audience wheelhouse in terms of right. music styling, but I think that's what that movie is about. It's about the, the difference between an art artist that's popular for reasons that people don't understand um, and, and, and so hated across the board. I love that idea. I love that concept. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the people who have to defend their fandom for that artist. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like it's about both sides. And so it's people that hate Kenny G and people that love Kenny G. And it's so <laughs> fun. To watch. That's great. Hey, Andrew, the uh, PFS drive in at the Navy Yard. Is that a new addition this year? Or have you guys done that before? So we we launched it last year. Last year's festival was all hybrid. It was hybrid. So most of the stuff was online on our digital platform. And then we added the drive in for the only real physical uh, you know, screening experience while still being safe and socially distanced. Uh, We kept it this year because we are mandating vaccinations at our theaters, uh, and we wanted to give people the option, if they weren't comfortable yet coming into theaters, that they could still go somewhere and have that physical experience, Uh, or if for some reason they're not vaccinated, they could go there. Uh, But we're, I mean, it's it's great down there. We, I don't know if you've been, but uh, we've got these huge, big screens set up on shipping containers, and we've been running it for about almost a year and a half now uh, every weekend and we're thrilled to have it for the festival, but we really want to push people into theaters because there's no better way to see a film than in a movie theater. Yeah. And to that point, obviously the fact that they, they, this is happening again and movies are getting, you know, you get that communal experience, but for the person you said who might be reticent, what, what is the online experience like? Are they getting the full movies as well streamed to them? 
So we have 25 of our titles available on our virtual screening platform that you can watch at home. Um, lots of great films on there if you're not quite comfortable coming back yet. But the majority of our festival uh, is designed to be seen in a theater. Our biggest films are in theater only. Uh, you know, opening night, uh, Belfast last night, our closing night screening of The Same Storm, where uh, the director, Peter Hedges, who had our opening night film back in 2018, is coming back with his new film, uh, which is about the pandemic. Uh, he'll be there in person. Uh, things like King Richard, Will Smith's new movie, uh, you know, in theaters only, uh, in our theaters only uh, for its premiere. It's the first time we've gotten Will into the festival, so we're really That's uh, cool. excited about it. And then right. the... the and, uh, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne. I'm familiar with this. I, I was not familiar with the movie, but is is he not the guy who draws the, uh, the artist known for the cats, the very human-looking cats yeah. with large eyes? Yeah, and it's it, he is, and that movie's crazy because it's kind of like it's it's a really fun period piece of Benedict Cumberbatch, but it's kind of like a parody of a Benedict Cumberbatch uh, <laughs> period piece too. It's like it's like a parody of all these other movies you've seen him do, like Imitation Game. Right. Um, it plays a little bit like that because because he's such a crazy character, but it's also it's earnest and lovely and hilarious in many different ways. Cool. I was just going to say that uh, for people that are resident too, you should we should note that we're we're doing a lot of great COVID safety protocols. Like we're at fifty percent capacity, and um, so so it's distanced, and uh, the theater just feels safer than ever. I think. All right. Awesome. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, it's underway. It goes till uh, Halloween and um, uh, Philadelphia.org slash festival. And that's where you can get all the information from uh, Andrew. Uh, yes, that's the best place to go for all the information to buy tickets. You can also come to our Perfect. box offices at the film center or the bourse. All right. Love it. It's the 30th year, man. So, wow. yeah, it's a it's a milestone. Well, congratulations, guys, and good luck with everything. I hope it all goes well. I'm sure that it will. And thanks for coming on this morning. Thank, Thank you for having guys. us. Absolutely. Anytime. Andrew Greenblatt <laughs> and Michael Lerman with the Philadelphia Film Office and the Philadelphia Film Festival is happening now. Uh, so we have three minutes before. <gasps> I think we need to do the Bizarre Files. Yeah. I think we yeah. do Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. I might go a minute over or something like that. All right. Anyhow. Uh, it's brought to you this morning by Iron Hill Brewery. Their top-selling IPAs and seasonal beers are now available everywhere. Craft beer is sold locally. Visit ironhillbrewery.com and click Beer Finder to find a retailer near you. Well, a boy who walked unexpectedly uh, unexpectedly onto the stage to say hello to Pope Francis during the weekly Wednesday audience at the Vatican won a white papal skull cap to take home with him. Uh, the boy, wearing a black tracksuit with yellow stripes, grasped a smiling Francis by the hand before being offered a chair next to the pontiff by a senior Vatican official. That's very cool. Uh, the child, who Francis later said had suffered from unspecified learning difficulties, was clapping enthusiastically while it was happening. He didn't stay sitting for long, though. After getting up and grasping the Pope's hands again, he asked the official for Francis's cap, touching it to make clear he wanted he was pointing to his hat. It was it, a papal it's hat. It's adorable, yeah. And the 84-year-old Pope referenced the boy during his address, saying, I was reminded of what Jesus said about the spontaneity and freedom of children when this child had the freedom to approach me and move as if he were at home. But that was Jesus, and there's no way you're getting his goddamn hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, uh, if an adult tries to do this, yeah. the Swiss guard will I'll tackle I'll break your knuckles. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, 
He uh, said, and Jesus tells us that if you don't make yourself like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. A very sweet moment. He told the crowd in the uh, hall inside the Vatican, have the courage to approach the Lord and thank this child for the lesson he taught us all. And may the Lord help him in his limitation, in his growth, because he has uh, acted from his heart. Uh, the boy uh, was uh, later waved off the stage by Francis, proudly wearing his brand new Zucchetto, uh. which is a type of small and round white ecclesiastical skull cap worn by the Pope. So I thought that was then pretty he and cool. his family were kicked out of the country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Dallas police say an explosion that injured four firefighters and injured several other people at a southern Dallas apartment complex last month was triggered by a suspect who fired a gun into an apartment, hit a stove, and severed a gas line. Oh what God. are the odds? Yeah, investigators say the incident... Did you see that? ...is connected... <laughs> yes! ...to an ongoing domestic dispute between the, the suspect and his girlfriend. One in a million! <laughs> jail booking records show 28-year-old Philip Dankins was booked into the jail in charge of aggravated assault, drug charge, being a felon in possession of a firearm. Dude, where did you get these bullets? Investigators were able to match a shell casing found at the scene to the weapon in that he had. So... Uh, Chris Gadomsky remains hospitalized uh, in the burn unit. He underwent his fourth surgery yesterday. He's been there for 19 days after this happened. Wow. Firefighters responded to a 911 call about a natural gas leak. So it didn't explode right away. Here's oh, how it okay. When firefighters arrived, they smelled gas near the apartment in the building's gate entrance. And while they were investigating the smell of gas, the explosion happened. It caused a large fire leading to uh, part of a two-story apartment building to collapse. Eight people, including four Dallas fire rescue firefighters, were hurt in the explosion. All are expected to recover. But residents at the complex had reported hearing gunfire and smelling gas the night before the explosion. Okay. Police records show Dankins was identified as a suspect within days of the explosion. Investigators had interviewed his girlfriend. She said that he had chambered around and pointed a gun at her while she was carrying their eight-month-old son. Seems like a prince. Right. He told police. She told police that Dankins chased after her with a loaded gun but did not fire the weapon. But on October 2nd, Dallas police got word that Dankins had fled from Mesquite police who were investigating a robbery call. Officers converged. Uh, he was soon taken into custody, and they uh, found the handgun. So at some point, though, he did shoot the weapon and it severed the gas line, and it wasn't until like a day after that the explosion happened. It's wild. Yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah. All right, and there it's you go. It's bizarre. That's all we have for uh, time for in the bizarre file. Why is that all we have time for? Well, because we got to do this. Ninety-three-three WMMR. It's time for an MMR money clip. <laughs> now, here's your money clip keyword. All right, the word is buy, as in what are you going to buy with $500? B-U-Y. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter. There are three ways for you to do it. You can text special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you want to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, you need to enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $500 in our company wine contest. That person will get a call from Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com, and it is sponsored by Horizon Services. So, again, let me give you that word. It's buy, B-U-Y. Now is the time to do it. Good luck to you. We'll take a break. Come back in a second. Lesson, trash, music news. Yep, they're coming up next. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? 
Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, let me see here. We've had a busy, busy day, and we still have more to go. Uh, at this point in time, we are going to give away a $50 Metro Diner gift card. But we need an answer from you. We need a correct answer for today's lesson question. Uh, so I'm going to go with this. Uh, who is, well, what is Hubert uh, Point du Jour? <laughs> What is he? 215-263-WMMR. All right. Hubert DeJour. What, what is Hubert Point DeJour? As you had said, Preston, you would have to have been listening to know what that even oh, remotely yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Definitely. 215-263-WMMR. You should give us a call if you heard it earlier this morning. It was earlier. It was on 7 a.m. Uh, we'll do the trash while you call. The in. trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. It is brought to you by Monster Mania. You can meet the biggest names in horror this weekend at Monster Mania Con. Uh, it's number 48, by the way, at Oaks and PA. Uh, at Oaks, PA. Uh, with Christina Ricci and Michael Myers reunion and more at monstermania.net. What's going on, Steve? Well, Katie Couric says she never saw the dark side of her former Today Show host, Matt Lauer, co-host, I should say. Couric says she had heard rumors but discounted them as the gossip of just 161 co-workers. <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. Dre's ex-wife reportedly had him served, get this, with legal documents while he was attending his grandmother's wake. And to make matters worse, the documents being served were placed in his grandmother's mouth. Whoa. It's just wrong. And finally, Queen Elizabeth has canceled her upcoming trip to Northern Ireland under the advice of her doctor. Apparently, the queen has not fully recovered from an injury she suffered while rock climbing. So, <laughs> that's your <home. laughs> Let's get an answer, shall we? Uh, what is Hubert Point du Jour? 215-263-WMMR. We're going to go to Lou. Hey, Lou. Hey, Gadzooks, guys. Hey, Gadzooks, Loop. All right, so what? What? Uh, what is the Hubert Point du Jour? It is the Hubert of the day. Hubert of the day. <laughs> Hang on, Lou. All right, Lou, we are going to set you up with a $50 Metro Diner gift card, and you can find all the flavor with Metro Diner's newest herb-roasted chicken, a bone-in half chicken marinated fresh daily in a blend of special herbs and spices. And oven roasted to tender perfection. You can enjoy today. Order online at MetroDiner.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, this morning it is brought to you by Horizon Services. You can get a free up to $2,000 upgrade when you buy a new heating and cooling system in Horizon Services. Best deal ever. Uh, you can install as soon as tomorrow, or it's free. Visit horizonservices.com. All right, uh, let's start with a band we haven't heard anything about in a long, long time. On a recent interview, Silver Chairs, wow. Daniel Johns, revealed that he may never perform live again. Silver Chair went on an indefinite hiatus in 2011, and Johns opened up about previously saying that he would never reunite with the band, quote, for a million bucks or if someone had a gun to his head. Was there a medical issue with him or something? He had um, anorexia. Okay. Uh, All right. He's one of the rare, you know, male um, examples of that. And, uh, yeah, and that was a long time ago. But I I don't know 
what's going on with his health now. But I like Silverchair. Yeah, the singer says <laughs> of that statement, I it, I was firm that Silverchair were not getting back together. But one of the other members kept saying, no, we're just on a break and we'll be back. And I was like, this is really starting to affect my mental health because I'm saying that that's it. And every time I tried to tell the truth, someone told a lie. So I said... I wouldn't get Silverchair back together with a gun to my head or a million bucks. He said, right. maybe that was too harsh in hindsight. Uh, agreeing that his relationship with Silverchair is tricky, John's added, it's a very accurate appraisal. Uh, it's not that I'm not proud of the work. I'm actually really proud of the work. It's just that it's emotionally triggering for me, and it still kind of burns. Uh, while he does still work on music, the singer said that, I honestly don't think you'll ever see me perform live again. So he's sort of wishy-washy on it. He said, there's so much music. Uh, so much music coming, and I'm really proud of it. And you don't need to see it live. Just listen. So he's not going to perform again. He just doesn't want to. Uh, Gerard Way revealed to uh, Travis Mills on Apple Music One that Welcome to the Black Parade almost didn't make it onto My Chemical Romance's third album, The Black Parade. Huh. According to the band's frontman, uh, the track didn't have, quote, really strong themes and titles. Like the other songs on the album. I uh, said, uh, then I started to bring the concept into the musical side of things where I was like, I want to call this Black Parade. And I want there to be a parade on the record. And then we started to um, kind of break the song and then reconstruct it. And it was around this time that I wrote the opening melody for piano that Rob played. And then once we reapproach it from the perspective of starting with a completely new introduction and a new way to start the song and help us fix the rest of it. Uh, and the song went on to become one of their biggest Oh, yeah. Songs. I still don't know what it's about, but um, it is uh, it is a fun song. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about his, when he was a kid, his dad took him to a, um, a parade. Yeah. And there was a marching band. And for some reason, it had nothing to do with the parade but he had essentially, it's when his dad had indicated that someday you will die. Okay, it was just what, amongst the conversation they had that day, it, it, it had to do with death. He didn't bring him there specifically yeah. to tell him about that, but it happened to be there. And he associated it with this parade as well. Can I get a hot dog? And then he says, now he calls it the Black Parade. And I, you know, I remember reading an article of him talking about that. That is weird. Um, You know, so we'll go watch the parade and I'll I'll tell you about your mortality. No, I don't think that it was intended. I think that just somehow or another, maybe he asked a question as a kid might ask. And his dad just gave him the straight poop on it. And then he ended up hearing that. And so he associated... (laughs) Sure. Marching band and parade and all this stuff. Those clowns are funny. Well, you know they're all going to be dead soon. <laughs> uh, with uh, with death. So yeah. that's what I was told anyway. Nick, could you look that up and verify that for me, just in case? I, I do it. like the song. It's like a big. It's a big rallying sort of. You know, triumphant. Yep. Uh, although uh, it was Lars Ulrich that uh, was interviewing Miley Cyrus for Interview Magazine, the Metallica drummer still had plenty to say about the state of both the touring industry and his band. Uh, he spoke candidly about what a post-COVID road trek looks like. He said, obviously, it's a whole new world out there. Uh, we've been talking with our team about COVID protocols, and it seems like the safest, most peaceful place that you could be these days is on stage. He said, the phone doesn't ring. Nobody can bother you. You're up there alone. You leave all the horse crap behind. When you walk out on that stage, it's the greatest feeling. Um, and he also talked about the fact that uh, Metallica was originally a cover band back in the day, and he was just saying on playing other people's material and reinterpreting it, he said, with respect, obviously, to the original version, it's so freeing, you don't have to be so uh, precious about where to put the double chorus 
or where to go to the bridge before or after the solo. All these things that you drive yourself nuts over in your own songs, they just melt away. Isn't that part of the standard growth of, of most bands that at some point they do cover stuff? Sure, yeah. And he's talking about it because uh, he was interviewing, you know, Miley Cyrus, and yeah. it's a part of the various artists that um, are doing uh, Metallica's music on the new covers collection, the Metallica Blacklist. He said, it's amazing to look at all of this list of 53 artists who have come together and taken the time to record all these songs. And there are all these versions of Nothing Else Matters by different artists. Right. And to hear the song filtered through everybody's voices, approaches, and visions is an incredible thing. And we know that we've been around for a while. Uh, we can certainly feel it in our bodies. But at the same time, our spirit is young and our spirit is always about the next album. So, uh, Nick, did you find anything about the Black Parade? Was I anywhere near it? Um, okay, I guess no, not. No, but, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't see what you were talking about in the, in songfacts.com, uh, and which is a pretty good resource for, um, you know, history of songs and how they were written and stuff. So this one, uh, My Comical Romance, uh, came up and wrote this song at the Paramore Mansion. Steve, you know that? It's in L.A. It's apparently haunted. Uh, and, I've heard of it, yeah. I um, didn't realize that. So it, they, were, they, they felt like there was this presence while they were staying there. There were vibes in this house, and it, it made everybody feel kind of dark, a little bit depressed. And uh, so that led to the mood that led to that song. Well, then maybe the song itself that is is about that scenario that a kid is there. Ah hell! Ah hell! Come on, man! Bring up the lyrics if you would, please. Maybe right. maybe that speaks to it. All right, the story. Here we go. Sam from Brisbane, Australia. The song meaning is about the death of a dad. The Black Parade is a memory of a parade the dad took the kid to. In the video, the person. In the hospital bed is the dad, and by using lines such as "and son, when you grow up, will you be the savior of the broken?" Let me get back to you. Shows a death scene. I'll get right back to you. Is it, is it, can I finish my churro first? Can't you just interpret art however you want to interpret the art? If it means <laughs> that to you, Preston, no. then that's Art's better when there's one relegated perception. Well, it doesn't mean that to me. I thought I read that about it, and, and no. I thought it was an interview with uh, just Gerard with it, Way. It, it, to it, me, I always heard it as, as someone who wanted to see someone's thong. Yeah. That's thong thong. Yeah. I, um, you know, as a parent, they, there's a lot of trying uh, moments. Yes. But that one, the the approaching of... Uh, mortality. Mortality. Right. That's a really, really tough one. Then just tell them you're immortal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, the other suckers die. have to worry about death, but not us, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tried having a conversation about sex the other day with my son. <gasps> and, uh, you know, just trying to be like... Hey, I never really talked about this with my parents, and uh, if you ever need to talk about it, you want to, you want to be open. Uh, that's it, okay, Dad. Yeah. Then, yeah. what, what does it mean when a woman flails her hands back and forth during the? I mean, uh, no, <laughs> like you just you try to be there for your kids and and let them know that they have a safe, sure space in which to have a conversation like that. Uh, and the, the conversation went nowhere. My dad was very good with it. He showed me a VHS copy of Deep Throat. And okay. That, uh, was, that's a good way to learn. It's all no. you need to know, son. <laughs> and we went to the now, zoo. Now, it's not going to taste good. <laughs> yeah, Kathy's mom went to the, took them to the zoo. We went yes. to the zoo. Which, yes, I'm bringing my daughter to the zoo today. Which animals do you have that are currently humping? <laughs> <laughs> Which animals Who's are in heat? heat? <laughs> 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 All right, uh, let me see here. I got one more story. Uh, Pat Benatar and husband guitarist Neil Giraldo are prepping their first stage production titled Invincible the Musical. I might go see that. I, I am on a big Pat Benatar cake lately. Yeah. Uh, the musical, which reimagines Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet for the 21st century, Features a book by Bradley Bredewig, uh, Bredewig and uh, direction by Scott Schwartz. 
Uh, Invincible the musical will be running invitation only industry readings in LA no, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's going to be in LA. I can't make that. Um, Broadway.com reported this new musical explores how love and equality battle for survival in times of great transformation. The star-crossed lovers meet in the modern war-torn metropolis of Verona as the newly elected Chancellor Paris vows to destroy the progressive resistance and return the city to its traditional roots. Wow, that sounds horrible. Through Benatar and Geraldo's rock anthems and new songs, Invincible the Musical imagines peace in a divided world. So that's what that's about. Or about when a dad takes a kid to a parade and tells him he's going to die. You like that ice cream cone, don't you? Better really love it because you're going to die soon. One last story, and that is the fact that our own Jackie Bam Bam had a sit-down discussion with Billy Idol. Yeah. And that is available at WMMR.com. I checked out a little bit of it. They uh, they went into details about, you know, writing Rebel Yell and where that inspiration came from. Some, stuff, some, so. some very cool insight. Yeah, yeah. Billy was uh, very talkative, and uh, Jackie connected with him, and you can... Check that out at WMMR.com. And that is what I have in music news. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we wrap it up. So make sure that you're with us because we'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week. And we don't want you to miss out on that prize, which we give away tomorrow morning. We'll be right back. Uh, on this uh, Thursday morning, beautiful today, 77 degrees and plenty of sunshine. Steve, get the hell out of here. All right, I'll go. Leave. All He's right, got then. a point. He's got to go, too. So we say... Sam's got to go. We bitch you. I'll see you guys later. A fond adieu, sir. Uh, I would like to thank all of the guests that have been on the show. And there have been many today. Thank you to Doug Benson. Uh, Doug, a last-minute addition to our roster of guests on the program. He is doing a... Happy hour show tonight at uh, Helium Comedy Club. And it's just him doing his stand-up. It's not uh, Doug Loves Movies or all that stuff. But Doug, just going to his stand-up routine is a blast. And he loves Philly. So get your tickets now. Thank you to Mr. Alton Brown. Alton is doing a show at the Miriam Theater on Saturday. And uh, he's got a couple of shows uh, 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. And you can go to Kimmel Center or KimmelCulturalCampus.org or AldenBrown.com uh, to get tickets. But he was great to have on the program. As well as Dennis Quaid, who was on the show. Uh, Dennis is at the Sellersville Theater. And that is on uh, Halloween, actually. And tickets are available at ST94.com. And then finally, we had uh, both from the Philadelphia Film Office, uh, Michael Lerman and Andrew Greenblatt. Uh, the Philadelphia Film Festival is happening as we speak, and that goes through Halloween, and there's tons of stuff. It's like 140 movies and different ways to see them and different stars and directors and all this stuff that will be a part of it. And you can go to filmadelphia.org to get all of the information. Pierre Robert is here. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you kids? We're doing wonderful. It's That's very nice good. I was <laughs> like, you wear this shirt. And it reminds me, at first glance, it looks like a bathrobe when I see it. No, 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 the, uh, the oh, on uh, top here. Oh, it's uh, just kind of like a fall, kind of corduroy. It looks know. crazy comfortable. It's yeah. so comfy. It looks soft. Soft, comfy, yeah. just like me. I like soft and comfy like Pierre Robert. Isn't that right, sweetie pie? Yeah. <laughs> Made eye contact with him uh-huh. that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Sweetie pie. Uh, He likes it when I call her sweetie pie. Shall we do the letter of the day? Sure, sweetie pie. Here we go. Kristen and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. 
Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. K as in kryptonite. Ooh, I love it. We got one more letter to go. And we're going to give away the prize tomorrow. $500 from Ashley Home Store. A proud partner of the Preston and Steve. Camp out for hunger. Benefiting Phil Abundance. You can shop their 11 area locations or online at ashleyfurniture.com. Today, so uh, we'll give that away tomorrow. And since I mentioned the camp out for hunger, just a reminder uh, that it is a week from this coming Monday. Wow, a week from this Monday that we will be in the Wells Fargo Center parking lot right next to Xfinity Live, and we'll be getting it underway. And we are trying to get ourselves ready for that event. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll be able to do it. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's like you know when you're putting on a play, um, like a high school play. Or anything, for that matter. And you guys, it's never going to get ready. Oh, opening night? Yeah, yeah, opening night. Yeah. And then the curtain goes up and it all works. Yeah, we're hoping that's going to be that it's way. It's going to be that way. What's on your show as the curtain is about to come up for that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> on the program, we will have <clears throat> two more tickets or another pair of tickets for Elvis Costello, who will be at the Met on Sunday. We'll play some Hooters. Uh, we've got them Friday and Saturday for their annual fall shows at the Keswick Theater. And do a big block tomorrow, but we'll play some today. Let's see what else we've got going. Oh, and I wanted to remind folks, next Wednesday we'll have a conversation with Chris Voss of the record company because uh, they're playing the TLA. Uh, and on the uh, actual workforce blocks, we got Pretty Reckless, we got The Police, and we got Rival Sons who will be at the Fillmore on Saturday. So an action-packed program. Love it. Nick, did you have something? Uh, no, I saw just, your hand go up for a yeah, minute. Yeah, you guys were talking about Camp Out. I was literally in the middle of texting uh, about a potential guest coming to Camp Out this year. Oh. And it's just, just funny because, you know, Casey and Marissa and Kathy and I are kind of like at all times, you're, like it, the play analogy was a good one. There's just, it's nonstop moving parts trying to put stuff together. Yep. And then it comes together somehow. Well, yeah. folks don't uh, realize how hard all of you work on this. And there are a lot of moving parts to this production. So, um, you know, and, and it is early. So, uh, it, which is a slight, uh, you know, challenge. So yeah. it's, but it's going to come out. It's going to be fine. We shall see. Kathy? Um, I just wanted to mention something. Uh, the Worthwhile Wear uh, Telethon that I'm hosting with Justin Guarini is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And you can register to view or I, I think the tickets might be sold out at this point, but you can still uh, attend online and you just go to their website. You can register right on their website. It doesn't cost anything, um, but you do have to register because they'll send you all the information on how to watch. And it's worthwhilewear.org. Excellent. And tonight is the Bud Light uh, kickoff event. I'm at the uh, the Horse in Sellersville, and that's from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. we got some Bud Light specials, some Eagles tchotchkes to give away, so swing by, say hi. Excellent. All right, I want to thank the sponsors. President Steve Show has been brought to you today by Villanova's College of Professional Studies. Pursue the next you. Also brought to you by Trinity Rehab. Have nagging pain that you can't get rid of? Trinity Rehab can help. You can go to trinity-rehab.com for information. Um... <laughs> He's talking to no one in the corner. He's in the corner. Uh, tomorrow on the program, uh, listen to this. Brian Pasane will be joining us. Paula Abdul. Zowie Kalawi. Yeah, that's right. Zowie Kalawi. And Gina Shock of the Go Go. Holy camoly. So, these things and more will be taking place on the Friday edition of the Preston and the Steve Show. That is it. We are done. Rage on, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye bye.
on 93.3 WMMR. We travel to see what's around the bend and what we're capable of. And now Capital One's new class of travel card can keep up with you. Introducing Venture X from Capital One. With 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy. Venture X, for those always asking, where next? Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.